on this episode of This Is Game Boy. It's been so long ago. Daddy's hat hit the pavement. Every time I need your humps and you press that turbo. The bunk is flying, yeah. And the meat is so strong. Get yourself in the air, lift your head up high. You know you've got to spin along. Don't you know, bump it up. You've got to bump it up. Hello everybody and welcome to a, another brand new episode of This Is Game Boy with probably the most amazing intro we've ever done. Like, I mean, I hope that Lex doesn't screw my perfect singing up. Or mine. Um, but yeah, we're, I don't know how uh, you top that. <laughs> no, I have no idea. <laughs> it was perfect. Let me just tell you that. Uh, but yeah, we're back with a brand new episode. And uh, this time we will be talking about uh, two of the three Bonks games on Game Boy. Uh, Bonks Adventure and Bonks Revenge. And um, as we, me and Baltic that is, uh, are not that super familiar with Bonk, we just uh, asked for a little help by somebody who knows everything about bonk um so he's gonna carry this episode we're just gonna sit back and relax and do do anything uh but yeah you might have heard him uh already but uh yeah um let mackie is our guest today say uh hello let hey what's up guys put your feet up take a break grab a beverage relax it's uh <laughs> i got this yeah good because nice. i don't i, I don't have finally <laughs> Finally, somebody knows what they're talking about. Um, but yeah, so it's me, like always. It's Baltic. Hello. Yeah, and it's uh, Lat Mackie. Um, I think the first thing we'll do, uh, because uh, maybe nobody knows you, uh, yeah. Lat. I mean, I think people do know you, but uh, in case they don't, um, I think it's best that you maybe introduce yourself a little bit. <laughs> No problem. Uh, my name is Lat Mackey, as you said. You can call me Matt or Lat. It's fine. But uh, I'm, a, I, you know, I, I speed run a lot of Bonk games. <laughs> um, I, I think I've probably played through almost all of them on stream. I still have yet to do the GameCube Bonk and what other games don't I haven't I done? But it's very close. I think that's maybe the only one I haven't played through yet. But uh, I'm very familiar with the games. Love them. I grew up on Bonks. I was one of those weird kids who had a TurboGrafx-16 when he was growing up as a kid. So I got experience to Bonk really early on. Uh, the NES Bonk really sucks. So I'm just going to throw that out there. And <laughs> so let's just... Uh, so I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I speedrun Bonks, uh, Bonks Adventure on Game Boy, but I just did a playthrough of Bonks Revenge. So that's kind of my familiarity with those games. And uh, yeah. that's me. <laughs> All right, that's that's great. So yeah, like I said, uh, somebody who actually knows his stuff. So that's always very helpful. Um, yeah, um, I didn't even like, know there was a bonk on GameCube. Yeah, I, me neither. Like I, I have the the source here with all the bonk games on it. Um, there's a lot of them that I did not even know that existed actually. 
And I could actually say I played some of the variants. There's like Zonk, which was this thing. This, this Air Zonk character it was kind of a, a way to revitalize the Bonk franchise back <laughs> towards the end of the TurboGrafx-16's life. So there's there's all these kind of, I don't know, there's some interesting spinoffs to say the least. Yeah, like I said, we're going to be talking about two of the Game Boy games. There's actually a third one that only got released in Japan. But it's, it's yeah, kind of a mini collection thing, but... You have to know a lot of Japanese to even understand what you're yeah. doing in that game. So um, that's that's why we won't be touching upon that one at all. Uh, maybe one day there will be a quote-unquote fan translation or something <laughs> that helps. But I highly doubt that will ever happen. It's going to be me trying to pay somebody to translate the darn thing so I can play the game. <laughs> Please help me. That's uh, that's not a bad idea. Maybe that will help, and then I can play it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it looks, looks interesting, but it, it's nothing special, at least. Uh, but yeah, like always, uh, we'll be going through a little bit of what uh, we've been up to. I guess we'll uh, we'll start with Baltic. Uh, I just finished Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry 100% Platinum, quote-unquote, playthrough last night. Uh, it took about six hours. Then I finally finished GTA Vice City. What a game! What a what a gem! Um, God, the controls are just bad. <laughs> that game. It's so buggy. Oh, it's such a nightmare to play. Uh, and then I started that uh, Star Wars Fallen Order game, that new Jedi boom boom game. Um, and then now since it's marathon season, I started doing marathon de-rusting. So retrothon, I got to do Kirby Streamline Extra Mode, uh, Kid Nicky, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And then I have to, to get my SGDQ submissions rolling next week for Year Walk, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, um, Shaq Fu, and Maru's Mission. A lot of Game Boy games in those marathons, which is nice. A lot of Game Boy games. Yeah. Something you don't see a lot. What have you been up to? Well, I've been uh, playing some more Game Boy games, of course. Um, I wanted to restart Legend of the River King, uh, which is a fishing simulator RPG game for Game Boy. Um, I know I tried this in the past, but I couldn't figure out how to actually... Well do what I had to do. Um, the game is actually based on quests you have to do. You have to catch a certain fish or kill a certain enemy. Um, and you need to have like <clears throat> the correct bait and the correct fishing rod and, and things like that to do that. Um, and the manual that comes with the game is actually very helpful in a way that it shows you the map and this is the place where you need to get that fish. But you're only halfway there and you still need to figure out... Um, what you actually need to use to catch them. Um, so I started it. I, again, I couldn't figure it out. Um, I was reading um, a walkthrough as well, and they gave the wrong information, so I couldn't get anywhere. Um, but I think most of it is based on the Game Boy Color remake of the game, and I think that one is a little bit less RNG-heavy and a little bit more fixed, where it should have been fixed on the Game Boy uh, version itself. Um, I think that one just maybe plays better and faster. Um, but yeah, I haven't been able to get very far into the game because it's it's such a mess, either because I don't still don't know how to play or because the game is just not well-made uh, back then. I have it. 
I never played the first one. I I did. I played the second one for Game Boy Color, and I absolutely loved the second one. Yeah, I'm I'm not really enjoying this one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I'm past the first quote unquote world. There's like four stages so to say um and i got through the first one and now i'm just stuck because i have to kill a bear and he kills me in one hit and i have no idea like what to do anymore so it's it's a mess um but yeah i needed another game just to well i was streaming and i couldn't get anywhere and i was like you know what i do want to play more games right now so um uh hero the guest we had on uh, sometimes uh, the, he suggested Roadster, which is a Japanese racing game, kind of like uh, it's a top-down one, kind of like Micro Machines, but it's super simple. Um, the the only weird thing about it is it's like you can go in low gear and in high gear. Um, a is low gear, B is high gear, but you can't like switch. You you have to like only press one button. It's a weird control scheme at least, but it's super fun. Uh, it's really easy. You can only do five races and the game is finished or you could do all 20 tracks, uh, which is what I did. Um, and it took like, what, uh, 40-45 minutes or something. Um, it's pretty easy because in the first few levels you get so many points that you can just never lose again, uh, even if you do very badly in the later stages so um i would recommend that if if you like it's very very simple top-down racing game um you also played a little bit of cool ball i think i played the first 15 levels out of 100 i believe um which is a kind of cool uh yeah <laughs> kind of <laughs> nice little puzzle platformer i guess you can call it uh in which you control a ball on like trampolines or uh on on slopes and you have to pick up all the items in a stage and then the exit appears and then you have to make it through there uh but you can die if you can't make a jump if you hit one of the enemies if you fall into fire and you don't have a water power up um but yeah it's it's pretty cool some of the levels do stump you for a little bit because it's not very clear immediately what you have to do but most of the time it's uh it's pretty simple so i really enjoyed that game um and you said there was wrong hack, wrong hack on it better. wrong hack is way better it's like 30 or 50 levels i can't remember um it's called bouncing ball uh, Author Blues and I used to used to race it for like a mystery tournament type thing. Um, it's like I don't know, thirty minutes or forty five minutes to do it. Uh, similar concept, but a little bit different stages. And the stages actually have like a much better learning curve, in my opinion, mm -hmm. to it. The only problem with the ROM hack, though, is if you run out of an item, you can get kind of stuck in the game where you pretty much just almost just want to start right. over. But, um, yeah, I honestly, like I played a little bit of cool ball. I, I think I did like the first like 25 levels of cool ball. And I was like, eh, but then I played bouncy ball. And I'm like, I like bouncy ball. I like to rob heck <laughs> way more than the original game. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, kind of weird. I have not seen the ROM heck yet. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to get through cool ball first for sure. Uh, I, I still don't understand why all these puzzle games need to have 100 or more levels. Um, it's, a, it's what you do yeah, with the Game Boy, it's man. A, when you sit on a train or a bus, man, you guys have that guy has something yeah, to do. It's a, yeah, I guess, but it's always so many stages in a puzzle game. And 
I'm so bad at puzzle games that I really don't want to play a hundred levels of them. But yeah, whatever. So far, this is uh, this has been fine. Um, besides Game Boy, uh, I played the very first Devil May Cry, the HD version of it. So good. Um, which is one of the only two I've ever played. Um, I played the original and I played three special edition when they came out. Um, haven't touched upon any of the others. Besides, like, the, the reboot, I played that one for a bit, but it didn't catch me enough. Um, like, it, for me, I have nothing against this redesign like a lot of people did. I, I just didn't like the gameplay that much in that one, but, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, Devil May Cry, um, I think the game does not hold up so well uh mostly because there is no dedicated dodge button which is super annoying because you really really have to dodge every incoming attack or you die immediately even on normal mode and the fixed camera causes a lot of a lot of problems like um i've been in many fights where i just could not see what was going on on the screen um, and that wasn't uh, much fun, but it shows that it was actually a Resident Evil game before they made it into Devil May Cry. That's why it has yeah, the fixed cameras that are, they work with tank controls, but they do not really work for a, a hack and slash action game. Uh, but I, I think it's still a very good game besides that. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun, but the difficulty of this game is crazy like i had a lot of trouble getting through normal mode i kind of want to platinum the game get all the achievements in it but that means i have to get not only through hard mode but also through dante must die mode and i just don't think i have it in me to do that i think i'm not good enough at the game for that i like devil may cry games i, I i've played the first three um my problem with my problem with those types of games, I get really bored with them. Like hack and slash games bore the living hell out of me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, that's why I like I've played Dark like I've tried to play Dark Siders so many times. I, I have started and quit Dark Siders one probably seven <laughs> times because I got so bored halfway through the game, <laughs> just mashing the swing button all the time. Then I played Dark Siders two. I was like. Oh, I get to play as Death. That'll be cool. I got like three quarters of the game. I'm like, well, this is boring. And everyone's like, hey, you're going to get Darksiders 3 to play as Pestilence? No, because I'm just going to mash the X button for 15 minutes and get bored and give up. <laughs> so I I like, I like want to like hack and slash games. They're just, they just bore me to death. And I have played and beaten the Devil May Cry games, but I was bored to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it depends on the kind of game uh, for sure. Because uh, Darksiders 1... The fighting in that is actually pretty boring. Like, there's not much to do. Um, like, there's no variation in the fighting at all, to be perfectly honest. I do like that game, but I can see why uh, why it would get I, I love the idea. I love the concept. I love the story of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, you know, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse coming in and playing as them, but the gameplay is just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get you. I get you. 
yeah, okay, but besides Devil May Cry, I'm still playing Rise of the Tomb Raider, and I think that game never ends, because I just I just keep playing that, and I'm like, is where is the end of this game? I don't know, it just keeps coming and keep coming, so I don't know what's happening. Like, the most fun I had with that game so far was the DLC in, in the Croft Manor, because that was, like, so... I don't know, like well set up and this just like the main game just keeps going and going not that i'm hating it or anything but it's like you can stop now like i've seen enough of uh siberia i think that that this takes place and like i don't want to see any more snow uh for the rest of my life so uh yeah that's uh that's everything i've been up to at least so uh let's have what have you been playing oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've actually, I've been doing a lot of different games. I've been lear- trying to learn the speedrun of uh, Rondo Blood, the Castlevania game on TurboGrafx-16. And uh, it's the first tur- it's the first Castlevania game I've ever played through. And I just beat it, let's see, was it almost two months ago now? And so I've been totally addicted to all Castlevania games. <laughs> and I feel a little late to the party on this. Like I didn't, I, when I played them as a kid, you know, playing them on the, I played Castlevania 1 on the Nintendo. I never got past like the second level. <laughs> so it's been, uh, it's kind of nice to play through them as an adult and like be able to play through them. <laughs> so I've been having a ton of fun playing through all those games. Um, let's see. So right now I've, I've, I've played through and beat, uh, uh, what's it called? Rondo of Blood, Symphony of the Night, Castlevania 1. And now I'm going to take on Castlevania 2 and 3 next. And uh, then probably get into some of the uh, the DS games, maybe even the Game Boy games, actually, because there's just there's so many of them. <laughs> and uh, I've heard kind of uh, interesting. Th- uh, there's a lot of I have a couple of them on the DS and there's some really great. Uh, I think even on advance as well, you get some good Game Boy game uh, Castlevania games as well. So, yeah, when, Tons you play, of Castlevania. when you play the Game Boy games, when you get to adventure, get the rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a hack called Enhanced Graphics, I believe it is. Uh, which does make some of the the graphics different and make more sense. Uh, but it also just makes it play at a normal speed and not like uh, the slow crawl walk that, that it originally was. Adventure <laughs> is like adventure is like 0.25 times the speed of any Castlevania you'll ever play, and it is miserably slow. Yeah, uh, Belmont Revenge is the best. Yeah. Belmont's Revenge is the best of the three, in my opinion. It's hard, but it's the best of the three. Legends is unique. <laughs> yeah. And has two <laughs> different endings, which is kind of cool. And has uh, two different endings. Well, that's kind of the thing I've been really enjoying about it, is that the games are hard, but they haven't seemed too unfair to me at times so it's kind of it feels it feels like you've accomplished something when you beat the game so i uh i appreciate something like that and i think it's it's for me it's kind of different i haven't played games that are this challenging like game boy a lot of the turbo 16 games they're they're shorter they're not as challenging they didn't have the space that you know super nintendo games had and all that kind of stuff so it's like uh i appreciate that they they they, they ramp up the difficulty but it's not unfair like it, it feels it feels like you've accomplished something by the end I, I've played a little bit of Rondo Rondo of Blood on the Turbo Graphics, and I find the one on Turbo Graphics to be just one of the hardest Castlevanias I think I've ever played. Because <laughs> like, even playing the like the re the like the re release of it for what was it Game Boy or DS or whatever it was, I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. And I go and play the Turbo Graphics. I'm like, oh, right, this was hard as hell. <laughs> <laughs> It, it definitely ramps up, and if you, I didn't find some of the 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 uh, 
hidden uh, characters or character in the game on my first playthrough. So it took me almost 10 hours to beat the first one, <laughs> the first time through, just because of how challenging it can be and how punishing it can be to sit Yeah, least. Yeah, I've played it. But I mean, Go ahead. CV2, though, like Simon's Quest, like a lot of people just like poop on that game. And like, I was yeah. like, I'm like, it's not that bad of a game. Like there are worse Castlevanias out there. Go play the ones <laughs> on N64. Um right. But I'm like, CV2 is not bad. Like, it's a little cryptic, sure, but like, it's not the worst Castlevania that you guys put it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I played it a few months ago, actually, uh, and I, I think during a uh, during Halloween season, I think I played through it, and I absolutely loved it. I did play the redacted version, like the the hack, which uh, makes the the text of the citizens a little bit less cryptic but still cryptic like mm. they don't like just literally say what you have to do or anything but i had no problems getting through that game at all so so i was able to play through without any problems uh rondo and castlevania one but symphony of the night once i got i fear those of you that know you there's kind of like two phases of the game there's a bad ending and yeah. a good ending and i when i got to when i got past the bad ending i pretty much made it up to the bad ending by myself i started asking for chat help because i feel like it just would have got boring for people to watch so i was like help me i will totally take some hits at this point because i i i don't know I, the, the the cryptic stuff can only it, it gets that can get a little boring kind of kind of quickly so i don't mind asking for help at that that point yeah that's a good way to tackle when i play through cb2 but that's uh, been, uh, I don't know, been really uh, enjoying the Castlevania series. And uh, I played through Bonk's Revenge, actually, on Game Boy just this week. Uh, I thought I had played through it. It must have been forever ago. I guess I never streamed it, or at least I, d- I didn't record my stream of it. So I had to play through it again so I can be up to date when we uh, talk through it today. <laughs> now you have to watch the Castlevania anime on, on Netflix. <laughs> that's what everyone was telling me. It sounds like it's a really good, uh, really good anime. Yeah, it starts out at uh, Castlevania Three or, or Trevor Belmont. So, ah, uh, cool. No, I'm stoked about. It. I, I, I can't wait to dig in. Yeah, good luck playing Three though, because that one is <laughs> wow. I can't beat it. I, I, I got stuck. Uh, there, there's a lot of multi-boss fights in that game, and I just can't handle it. Yeah, <laughs> I really can't handle it. Honestly, the the hardest part of the game is the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one everyone has warned me about, that I may not make it through CB3. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to go for yeah, it. Yeah, I need to get back <laughs> to it someday as well. All right. Well, that uh, well, wraps sweet. up the intro, like always. So uh, we're going to take a little break. Um, you people enjoyed the song from either Bonk's Adventure or Bonk's Revenge. Um, I assume it's going to be Bonk's Adventure at this point. Um, and we'll be right back. Enjoyed uh, the underwater stage uh, music from Bonk's Adventure. Uh, history of Bonk, uh, Lat Mackey, would you like to fill us in on this a little bit? 
Sure. So NEC was is still a company, but was a company back in the day that uh, was looking for a, a mascot similar to what Nintendo had and Sega was developing with uh, Mario and Sonic, respectively. And so they came up and created this character, uh, PC Genjin, or or or. Uh, or um, BC Kid, uh, there's there's all these different names for him, but in, in the states we called him Bonk, and that's how we got to the character we have here in Bonk's Adventure. Um, the the very first Bonk's Adventure game that I'm aware of that was on a console is on the the TurboGrafx-16, and so we have a various uh, ports to a bunch of different consoles actually, not just the TurboGrafx-16. We have a Nintendo Bonk's Adventure, we have a Game Boy Bonk's Adventure, uh, there's an arcade Bonk's Adventure. Gosh, I'm probably leaving one out here. But um, there's uh, so the the bonk that you see in front of you in Bonk's Adventure is a port of a, a TurboGrafx-16 game, and it's also tried to be the mascot and and kind of the the Mario for NEC at the time. And actually, come to think of it, I think NEC got I think all the the TurboGrafx-16 IP and all that kind of stuff got purchased by Namco or somebody else. I can't remember exactly how it went down business wise, but. A brief history of Bonk, and he's this prehistoric, uh, prehistoric, supposed to be like a prehistoric dude who's walking around and and where there's where dinosaurs exist and things like that. I'm sure we'll get that into the plot, but uh, that's uh, that is that is Bonk in a nutshell. Yeah, and what I <clears throat> read at least for uh, the games where you can play as two players during the Bond games, it actually also has a female version. Uh, for the second player, that is. That is, it is, and uh, depending on what game you play, it can be really um, awesome and really fun, really interesting. But other times, it can be really challenging because there you can only keep the you have to keep the, both the players on the screen in the same area, and so there's some cool things you can pick up each other, you can throw each other. There's actually some uh, uh, great John and I have actually started. We were at AGDQ this year. We were playing around with the uh, the two player version in Bonk Three, and there are some really cool speed running opportunities there and everything. But yeah, there's it's it's a female version of Bonk. That's really cool. Yeah, you mentioned uh, before also uh, Arizonk, which is like the the shoot 'em up spinoff. So, but it, it's basically future mm-hmm. Bonk. Like, yeah, yes. I, I remember uh, I saw you play that uh, on your stream once. Um, I just looked up. Uh, well, I'm just reading like the Wikipedia article, and PC actually stands for, and I'm gonna screw this up completely. Uh, Pithecanthropus computerurus. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what even? That's yeah, a pretty good so, try. <laughs> uh, he's not really human. He's actually a fictitious species, uh, and that's where where the PC part of uh, of the name comes from. That's that's kind of crazy. If you uh, play the Japanese version, I think my PB is actually on the Japanese version for uh, Turbo F sixteen. It it actually spells that out on on the screen, and it's it. Uh, I still don't even bother trying to pronounce it. It's, <laughs> it's uh, way too complicated. Oh, made up it, Latin. It always blows my mind that like back then, like eighties and nineties, like everyone's like, oh my god, Nintendo just has Mario now, and this is or Kirby or you know whatever. It's like we got to have this mascot. Sega gets Sonic and. <coughs> Turbo Graphics gets bonk, you know. It's like wow. Atari has Pac Pac Man, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also think it's interesting that they chose bonk when they, after seeing what Mario and so- Mario and Sonic are both, at the very least, both of them are characters that can run and that can move quickly. And bonk has none of that. Like he's, he's <laughs> just a rockhead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's taking his time. Might as well take a nap at certain points. You know, it's like so. I don't know how they got to bonk from Sonic and from Mario, but they did, and uh, this is what we got. Yeah, just 
Yeah, and then you have like other companies too that are trying to make mascots. Like you got Bubsy, like oh, great, you know, and you have uh, the Noid for Dominoes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It God, man, the '90s was a trip. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I think so. Like you know, uh, Sega and Nintendo, and Nintendo at least had a, had a history of being in toys and making things for what might be a younger audience. And as when Sega entered, they were they were doing software and video games and things like that. NEC before they started making video games was this you know they they made comp- monitors and computers and things like right. that. So I think it kind of shows that they didn't have that kind of thing in their DNA, and that's that's why we got bogged. It was maybe made up from you know somebody in the marketing department. <laughs> was like. Here, play this, damn it. Bunch of cavemen in here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. But I still love it. What can I say? It's, it's, it's a fun character. Like, it's not over the top at all. It's not flashy. It's just you're literally a cave kid, basically, that smashes things with its head. Like, it's the most perfect mascot ever. Um, but, yeah, so diving into Bonk's Adventure... Uh, for the Game Boy or BC Kid or uh, GB Genjin. Um, came out in 1992, so again, fairly early in the Game Boy life cycle. Uh, developed and published by Hudson. So if you see that little little bumblebee flying around, you know you know who it is. Yeah, Hudson doesn't exist anymore, of course. Well, maybe they still use the branding as the name, uh, but they got swallowed up by Konami. Um, uh. Konami, oh, that's God. the one. Konami, yeah. I couldn't remember. Yeah, all the box stuff is owned by Konami now. That's too bad. There are going to be a lot of pachinko machines now. <laughs> yeah, and Hudson <laughs> has a lot of like IPs that are very... Uh, that, that have like a titular character, actually. Uh, you have Bond, but you also have Bomberman that they made. You have the Adventure Island series. Uh, I always forget the name of that guy. Dr. Something. Uh, anybody know? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Sorry. Well, like Hudson, Hudson had a lot. Yes, yeah, so like you had Adventure Island. You had Mylon Secret right, Castle. Yeah. Hyper Load Runner. No, we don't talk. That game doesn't exist. That's, that's <laughs> not a game. I think that's made up. <laughs> what else did it had? It had. Uh, um, well, apparently they also made Pop and Twin Bee. That's interesting. Was Pop and Twin be a Hudson No, that's game? Konami. So it might as well just be a Hudson <laughs> game because Konami doesn't make games anymore. No, I think we pretty much touched upon like all their like very well-known characters that basically still live uh, to this day, except for Bonk, of course, <laughs> which <laughs> didn't get a, a game. I think the last game that got released for it was uh, back in 2006 called Bonk's Return, uh, which was a mobile game. So, yeah, yeah that's that already says enough. Right. Which oh, they did get... Felix. That's fun. They have um they have been releasing them on uh, the, the Wii U and Wii's virtual console service. So we have seen quote-unquote newer releases but they've just been re-releases of the uh well, the, the old, old ones yeah, yeah for sure yeah so we have not seen a new bonk game in quite some time mm. <laughs> yeah i can see yeah the, that bonk's return mobile and, game was the last one i have no idea what that is yeah. <laughs> honestly the world doesn't seem to mind <laughs> or have noticed but you know <laughs> but there we are yeah 
Um, but yeah, we'll uh, dive into the first game for the Game Boy, at least, which is uh, Bong's Adventure. Um, and weirdly enough, like, um, you're more familiar with, with the TurboGrafx versions, for sure, and the NES one, like you said. Um, I looked at both of them. Like, I saw you play Bong's Adventure a lot of times on, on your stream or speedrun mm -hmm. it. Um, so right. I was familiar with that one. I also looked at the NES version, which is kind of similar to the TurboGrafx one, but, but not completely. Uh, but I've only played this one, so, um, and the other Game Boy game. And I must say, like, this is not a port or anything. This is, like, completely its own thing, just based on the series, which I thought was actually very interesting. Yeah, I appreciated that it wasn't the same thing. I mean, and, and they, uh, at very least, they, they tried to make the gameplay and the control, you know, it seems like focused on what the Game Boy was capable of, which is, it's kind of nice because that's, you know, you get, it almost feels like a new game, even though it, it has very much has the feel of a Bonk, a Bonk, the Bonk's Adventure game. Uh, it's definitely its own thing. Yeah, like what I could tell is like, it, it's a little bit of a, uh, a mashup between Bonk's Adventure and Bonk's Revenge. Uh, from TurboGrafx-16, yep. so, uh, but they did have, like, their own bosses that don't show up in all the other, the other games or things like that, so I thought that was, uh, yeah, weird, because usually what we see on Game Boy when it's a game based on something that came out on another system, it's, like, literally just a port of it, and, and this was, like, no, we're right. gonna actually make a new game, uh, which is the same feeling, I I think that's that's pretty cool. There's kind of this formula to do a bonk game where you play like basically half the game is is normal levels you play through around that have different stages and then you play a boss. Uh, but and then at the last stage or the last round is uh, uh, much longer and takes up and sometimes it's even half the game and you do a boss rush and then you play drool and some variations of drool and it very much followed that formula. Uh, and so you've got it. Is it felt all the 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 um the makeup of it was very similar to what has already existed, which is kind of cool. So it keep kept keep keeps it in the Bonk family. What I appreciate of Bonk games, since they are coded and created explicitly for the Game Boy, the sprites and the stages are actually scaled properly. Mm. There are so many times where games get ported to the Game Boy. Where the sprite is either just it takes up the entire screen because it's just so large, or it's entirely too small, or the level complexity is just too complex for a Game Boy game. Uh, I, I I can respect any time a, a, a developer takes the time is like okay we're gonna make this to the Game Boy, but we have to understand that the Game Boy is a X by X pixel size screen that is only in green and black monochrome right so uh the fact that they that they took the bonk you know series essentially because i I've, I've played a little bit of the tg16 and the nes uh bonk uh just for prep of this episode and it very much it kept the feel of a bonk game but they catered it very much to the game boy and the game boy um demographic yeah, and I, I gotta tell you, it's it's pretty apparent that they did that because you can actually the the graphics do a really good job of being able to differentiate everything. There's a lot of uh, different things that you interact with in the world of Bonk, and I didn't have to guess or I I was able to really tell what I was working with 
kind of right away, which is pretty cool, especially for somebody who knows the games so well. Uh, and I, I like it's obvious that the developers took some time and, and thought through that because um, everything uh, looks looks pretty good for, for especially for a Game Boy game. I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, I think it looks yeah. Uh, I mean, graphic wise, this game is is very good. Like compared to some of the other games, so yes. um, they they really put all their heart and effort into this one, which uh, which is great to see for sure. I mean, even down to like the music. Like I know you wanted to speak more on, on the music, but uh, like I even feel like so like a lot of times too with ports, like they port the music over to, and it just it doesn't sound great because the sound chips are obviously different between a Game Boy and a NES or a Super NES, right? So, uh, they, but the music for this game actually sounds crisp and clean and it, you know, sounds very similar to that of the rest of the Bonk series before this, so... That's so one of the ways that I can uh, that uh, that resonates with me is if I keep humming the music or think about it in my head after I'm done playing the game, and this definitely had that, uh, especially because... For, I, I'll only speedrun games that I enjoy. And I, I enjoyed this game way more than I thought I was going to. And part of it is the soundtrack. If, if I'm going to play a game, you know, 100 different times speedrunning and stuff like this, there's got to be stuff that keeps me going and keep, keeps me hooked. And oh, yeah. uh, the soundtrack for this game, it, it I didn't like it, it. What are they? I guess you'd say it's an arrangement. It felt like they arranged the music that was in the original very well for for the console. Yeah, be being a, a runner of Kirby's Dreamland and putting thousands of attempts and hearing stage one green greens music for <laughs> hundreds of hours, um, I can a hundred percent relate to this music. Better or this game better have some bangers in it, otherwise we're going to be in for a long day. Um, and uh, Bonk's Adventure definitely had that. Like I, I can. Think of I can think of the boss music right now in my head, and I can perfectly like hum it just because like it's <laughs> it's so catchy and it's so good. Yeah, sad. Uh, it's got some of my favorite music on the Game Boy. Is Kirby's Dreamland? So good. <laughs> Definitely. <yeah. laughs> Until you hear Green Greens a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Until you hear. Yeah. Sadly, like. Uh... Usual, we couldn't find the composer of this music. Um, I don't know if, if the Turbo Graphics version has it in the credits or anything, uh, but on Game Boy, I, I could not find anything about it. And we talked about this uh, last episode, actually, um, what the reason yeah. why. Um, so we're not going to dive back into that anymore. Uh, but yeah, we, we have no idea who composed yeah. the music, basically. Someone, someone at Hudson, yeah. more than likely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, game plot, um, took this right from the manuals too. So this is fantastic. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Mo, I'm taking over yeah. your job here. So game plot, the cave boy with the head of stone is back in this new chapter of his amazing adventures. Join Bonk as he travels through dinosaur land in search of the beautiful moon princess. But it looks like Bonk's old enemy King Drool is ready to take over He's captured the princess and demands to rule dinosaur land. Now Bonk has to use his head, literally, to blast King Drool's fools off of the map and bring peace back to the realm. Explore the wild war- wild world of our hard-headed kid and always keep an eye out for hidden items and bonus zones. And you basically just described the plot of every single one. <laughs> <Yeah. game. laughs> oh, the... 
Revenge gets so much better because the way they <laughs> describe the plot in Revenge is you can tell they're just like, well, we already described it in Adventure, so but we have to have something in the manual. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to give it up, uh, you know. If if you do if you ever want to own these games or if you ever want to go down that rabbit hole, the manuals are worth owning because there's actually some really there's some really great backstory you get and it describes the different areas and things like it's really uh, all, all the Turbo yeah. Graphics 16 games have it. It's a pretty cool. It's a good read. There's some interesting stuff in there. The Bonk's Adventure manual is like pink leopard print. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> wow, nice. The, I, uh, and the, and the, the plot is very that's so standard of everything all these <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't name the princess in it because in in the uh, in the original they call it they call her princess Za here they call her moon princess it's kind of interesting I don't I wonder if moon is her name that but it's mostly probably because she lives on a like she's from a, she lives on a moon yeah like moon she's land on the moon yeah interesting yeah this is like oh cool now we're playing Joe and Mac where we get to save the babe from the dinosaurs. <laughs> Not to call out Hudson Soft or ADC, but once again, hey, look, we need to have a princess. <laughs> Mario has a princess. <laughs> we need a princess. It's just, it's you know, pretty obvious. All plots were the same yeah. back in those days. I know, right? That's, it's I guess so that was true. That's it. all we had. Uh. Zelda saved the princess. Mario saved the princess. The uh, one of the things you uh, that I can say about the plot is that the after you beat every stage and you beat one of the bosses, you get a little. It's almost like an inspirational one-liner, and it's only like three or four words. Like you know, uh, I don't know, like the boss monologues for a second. You know, like what are the? I can't even remember what some of the things are when you beat him. But so there are little things that quote unquote. I don't even. They don't really push the plot forward, but there is. That's the like. That's what you get during the cutscene. It's just like one or two lines. I like the little dance you do in the air once you kill a boss in the Game Boy. Yeah, totally. Boop, 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 and he just spins back and forth in midair. Uh, so the gameplay. Yeah, I made a lot of notes for this there's because a, I was literally there's a map. Yeah, screen? I was literally doing it while I was playing the games, <laughs> uh, which which I did like two weeks ago just to get back into it. Uh, but yeah, at the start of the game, they actually do show you like the entire world, um, kind of like in the style of uh, huh. how Wario Land, uh, Super Mario Land Three, did it. Uh, but you cannot like walk around on it or anything. They just show you like, hey, these are the places you will go to. Um, I first thought they would like show you every time like in between stages where you are exactly on the map but they they only do it once i don't know what the reasoning for that is but it's nice that you can actually like see the world that you're uh, or the island whatever uh you're on so i thought that was pretty cool actually I actually forgot that there was a map screen when you put that in the notes and I was like, well, there's a map screen. What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> but uh, in the in the original on the, the TurboGrafx-16, the map is actually uh, in the manual. It, it never appears in, in the game itself. So that I agree with you. That's a nice touch they put in there so you can at least see that this world exists. There is a place that they're, we're traveling through. Yeah, I don't know if it's in the manual. like For the Game Boy version, that is. Yeah, I I, I apparently forgot that there was a map screen <laughs> on game on. on yeah, the, like I, yeah, on, I on forgot as well uh, because it, it had been a long time since I actually played it. Like we, we did the speed run of it, of course, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you you just skip over that, of course, when you do that. Yeah, you want to get yeah. to the gameplay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was that was pretty one, cool at least. One of my favorite things is is this next point in the game is twirl in the air and scale the walls with your teeth. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is my favorite thing to do in the game because it's like, 
oh, I can just, like, mash the B button or whatever it was to just, like, spin in the air. Like, it's super slow, but, like, I can literally just, like, spin to win across this entire stage. The uh, the original, uh, there, the, um, the... The controls for Bonk are pretty floaty as well as I was describing. When you jump, you take there's there's a bit of time to go up and down. You know the gravity is kind of uh, it's like almost like moon gravity, and I, I like that they kept that in the Game Boy version. It, it very much, it's it's not it doesn't replicate it exactly, but at least it's trying to give you the feel that the original had. And I, I agree with you that the the being able to use your teeth to climb up walls is probably one of the defining characteristics that people remember mm-hmm. from the game because there's this crazy animation. You can see his teeth. They all of a sudden he looks like a, a velociraptor or something. It's so you know? amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's really silly. And it, it's actually, I mean, it's, it's useful. You need to use it to get through certain areas in this game. So I'm glad it's not just an afterthought. It's actually part of trying to beat a level or whatever. I, I just like the fact that like instead of using his hands and legs to climb a wall, that his teeth grow like 200% <laughs> and he just uses his teeth to climb up objects. It's a, it's a weird it's a weird <laughs> character, but it's a very unique uh, idea behind him, which it's is really so good. cool. So, uh, yeah, they didn't go with, oh, you just jump on enemies. No, you literally use your, use your head to get rid of them. So uh, I, I think that's pretty interesting. So yeah, for the people who can't follow, we're talking about how you actually control Punk. Um, so in, in this game, you um, like I said, you don't jump on enemies, but you actually have to press the B button to do a flip, basically, in the air, so uh, that you can do a, a bonk with your head. Um, just to get rid of enemies, but you can just spin like a crazy person and and stay afloat for quite a long time to uh, traverse gaps and things like that. And sometimes you just have to get up a wall and uh, or, or a tree. And how else would you do it than just use your teeth for that? Well, um, that's that's how you actually uh, travel through this game um, while climbing. Um, if you want to go up faster, it's best to actually jump. Uh, while holding up so you can scale a wall or a tree much faster than uh, than a normal speed you can also just press up and then he just do, does the the slow crawl up a wall um, if you go f- down though you go very fast downwards uh, and i would say if you if you've ever considered doing the speed run of this game you probably don't want to use your teeth as much as possible because it's slower than jumping through like you have such a uh forgiving jump in this game that you know you can it's it, sometimes the 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 using your teeth slows you down so but um, there's some areas you, you need to you can't get past it without it yeah absolutely um another part uh, big part of uh bonk is uh, the meat that you can find in flowers for some reason um i'm not sure how that works uh but yeah the the meat that you can find is actually a way to power yourself up um go to the next level sort like Kind of like the mushrooms in Mario. Um, where, But if you get hit once, you actually lose your power up and go back to uh, to uh, the lower level or the previous level at least. Um, you do have health, so you don't die if you just get hit uh, when you're in your normal form. Uh, but the way to actually go fast in this game, which is good for the speedrun, but also just for regular play, is to either get two small meats... Uh, which gives you the highest power up, um, which makes you invulnerable for a bit. You can run a lot faster, and your uh, you also have a scream attack, 
sort of say. Um, but yeah, you can do that by getting two small meats in a row, or you can get a big meat, which uh, gives you that thing immediately. The flowers that give you different power-ups and things, sometimes they have uh, enemies hit in, in them. And in the original, there are some ways that you can tell if one's going to be bad or good by the way that they animate. Some of them look like they're alive and kind of like breathing. And in this game, they obviously probably due to sprite limitations they weren't able mm -hmm, to do that mm -hmm. uh so that's that's one of my it's a small complaint but it is definitely one you're not quite sure if when you hit a flower it, it could be a bad one or it could be a good one um uh thankfully it's not too punishing with it it gets a little bit it's kind of forgiving but it, it's it's a small little thing that i was like a little frustrated when i was on my first playthrough of it yeah i when i played it my my favorite power-up was was Rockhead Bomb. Even though it only yeah. does the double double damage, it's just the fact that like when you eat a piece of meat, your entire <laughs> sprite changes. Mm. Like it's not just like Mario where you change a color or you get a stupid hat like in Super Mario Land 2. But like <laughs> your entire sprite changes to something else. Like you puff into a cloud and you either turn into the invisible streamer, which I think you have hair in that one, you which is amazing. Yeah. And then you have, then you dive into Rockhead Bonk after a while, and then you dive back into Bonk again. Like it's just an interesting. It's just like, oh, we could have just changed the tunic on him, or we can just completely just change the character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only. And yeah, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Good. No, I was just say the, the, the Bonk being the carnivore that he is, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's it, it does so much more damage too. It's like there's there's definitely a benefit to uh, to getting all the power ups. Yeah, absolutely. The only downside of it is that it does take a while before you transform. Um, like it's like three or five seconds that it takes for the animation to run out, which is okay the first time when you see it but like all the other times you're like ah oh, hurry up i know i know so <laughs> totally agree it would have been nice if there's a way you could skip the animation as you've you've gotten through because you're right it does take especially if you're speed right of the game like why is this <laughs> taking so long starts whistling in the air and spinning womp, 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 womp. They're also one of the things that is a little bit limited in this game and actually becomes uh, much more complicated in the, the revenge version uh, is how it, it, different meets are there were different power ups that change you into different uh, characters or creatures in this game because there's a there's one that turns you into right. a turtle and there yeah. which is I I really that was not in the original game and I really liked it that they included it in this game because first of all it's fun to play through but then number two it really actually helps like you move a lot faster and easier through the water with the turtle character. My problem with the turtle, though, is that it can get like stuck in a wall or a oh, ceiling dude, yes. real <laughs> easily. <laughs> you have to be very careful with your routing when you're uh, when you're the turtle character. Sure. <laughs> Plus, it doesn't seem like I, it almost I, you you have to lose it before you go face the boss because it's like it doesn't do any damage or anything. Like it seems like it's... right, you have to take the hit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mostly just but, for traveling through the world, the level. Yeah, but we have bonus stages, which are cool i guess so uh i didn't do much of them at all like i did the um the food one I, what is it like you fall down and get food or whatever it was um no that, did, that one is that like one. you just have to jump over platforms and get as many uh uh items as you can before reaching the end of the stage or falling to your doom in one of the pits 
Um, then there's one where you have to climb as high as you can uh, in a limited amount of time. And I think the last one, or at least these are the only three that I encountered while playing through the game again, is one where you just have to try and spin as far as possible as you can, uh, and you get a bonus based on. Oh, it. I think that's the one I'm. Th I think that's the one yeah. I'm thinking of. So you just mash like be like a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> but besides bonus points, that really does not give you anything. Um, other things you can find throughout the game itself is um, you can find fruit and red hearts and they replenish your health meter. But you can also find white hearts spread throughout the levels and they actually extend your life bar. So if you know where they are, uh, that's definitely a cool thing to get. Um, the sad part is that once you die, you only get your original three hearts back. Like, um, you're, you still have the extended life bar, but you only start again with those three hearts. So I always hate that in games. Like, they do that in Zelda as well. Like, you have, like, 26 hearts and then they give you three if you die, which... I never understood <laughs> that, but uh, yeah, whatever. The only problem with the uh, white hearts and the extension of your life bar is if you do manage to game over in the game, you lose all of them. So you will be back to uh, your regular three hearts anyways. Yeah, I'm always curious why they do that kind of thing where you start back with your original three hearts because by the this game too when you die when you game over you continue from the round that you were on so it's not like you can go back and 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 yeah. rebuild up your your full life meter which is uh that happens in revenge as well and it was, that's a little frustrating i'm not 100 sure why they make those decisions but uh it is definitely part of the game so beware on game overs yeah but when you when you die in bonk games at least for the game boy ones Instead of starting the entire stage over, you literally just resurrect back from the dead right where you died and keep going as if the game never stopped, which I think is an amazing mm -hmm. feature mm -hmm. in a video game. I totally agree, and I take it for granted because when you're speed ready the game, I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta wait for this death animation. It feels like it takes forever. But on a casual playthrough, it's like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I don't have to go back. I mean, it's, it's perfect, uh, for, especially if you're playing a game the first time through. Yeah, like having played many Game Boy games, it's like, oh, I hope the checkpoint is right here. And then you realize, like, oh, this game doesn't have checkpoints. I get to do yeah. this entire stage all over again. And it's like with Bonk, it's like, oh, I died. Let me just see my grimacing face and come back to life real quick and just kill this thing with two more hits with my iframes. Yeah, it's funny to just see him lying dead there on the stage until you he, he has the dumbest <laughs> yeah, ever. until you press start and he comes back to life and it's like what is happening because the, the rest of the stage is still moving or the boss is still moving or the enemies are still moving and you're just lying there dead in the center of the screen like yeah okay he's just he he's just laying there with a with us with a grimace on his face he's like oh yeah i'm just just playing dead right now sucker <laughs> it's a fun concept <laughs> decided to take a nap no, I, I, that's actually a characteristic of all of the Bonk games. They, almost all of them have a really great death animation. And I, I guess he's just taking a nap or whatever, but uh, it's, it's nice that you can just uh, bring it back to life pretty easily, pretty quickly. It's definitely a fun addition. Uh, but yeah, that's basically how the gameplay of this Bonk game works. Like, it's still a very standard platformer, but he has some like unique tricks up his sleeve. Um, that you don't uh, come across in, in other types of games like this. So that, that makes it uh, very interesting to play, at least. Um, there's only... For me, there's one big problem with this game, at least. 
which is the hitboxes on the bosses. Like, yes. Dude. They, I don't know how they did that, but they are either non-existent or so small that you have to just be perfect with all of your attacks. And um, final boss, definitely fight, final so boss. So frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll dive uh, into that's that a character. So the, that's kind of it's interesting because that's kind of a characteristic of the original game as well is, is some really challenging hitboxes and I, I'm not sure what the thought process is behind that because it's not obvious either where those really tough hitboxes are. Uh, you guys all mentioned already, but the final boss is so it, it's incredibly frustrating because it, I still don't even know where the hell I'm supposed to hit on the final jewel fight. But it seems like all. Uh, maybe minus the first boss have the that challenging uh, hitbox. Yeah, for casual I, players, this is yeah. like if you play this for the first time, you're gonna be, how am I not hitting anything? Like it, it's just so strange, and it can get pretty frustrating uh, because I remember the first time I had to face uh, the final boss, I was not happy. Uh, it took me like forty minutes to beat him, I think. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like, oh, I, I maybe I have to hit him in the crown, but like, no, you have to hit him on the nose, but only on the certain part of like the nose or forehead area. And you're just like, excuse me. So in the uh, original Bonk's adventure, the the stress that we kind of developed for the final boss is actually to take damage so you can get on top of him to hit him, and that's that's uh it's it, it it's frustrating that that's like you have to take intentional damage to actually end up beating a boss but I, i'm i'm with you belt like, like i was like oh the crown the crown maybe is obvious but no no no, no that, that'll kill you that, that'll mm -hmm. damage you, yeah. yeah so which makes perfect sense yeah. yeah it's quite a game but i will say the the bosses like although they're pretty simple like the patterns for them are very very simple do pose a bit of trouble not just because of hitbox it's just because of like how high some of them can get <laughs> because like bonk can only jump so high and you kind of have to like use the spin at the apex of your jump to your advantage for some of the bosses like i'm thinking like the bird boss like if the bird boss gets in the air it's like okay well the bird boss in the air i can't hit him but if i can jump up and spin real quick i can hit him on its beak you know, and it's just like there's just a lot of that, especially in in revenge as well too. Like there's a couple bosses that are really tall, like as high as Bonk's actual jump. Uh, totally agree. I, I do like that they they have some diversity <laughs> with them, but basic because your your attack is so limited. Basically, the way that you beat every boss is kind of the same, but you have to deal with their like you're saying the different boss patterns. Uh, the one that flies is a shark that comes out of the ground. I mean, there's there's there is they they did at least diversify the attack pattern, so it makes it a little yeah. more interesting. The 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 shark is interesting as well too, because like you can take the shark like two different ways. Like if the shark is too high, you can like jump up and headbutt it on its chin, and it'll take damage. Mm -hmm. But if it's too low, then you can jump and headbutt it on the top of its head, and it'll take damage. Versus something like the um, the skating dinosaur, like you can kind of just bounce on her head right. back and forth the screen until she goes off of it. You know, um, there's there's a lot of just like, okay, I see the pattern here. Can I juggle or how do I adapt to this if this happens? Like it's it's a, it's even though the, the the boss patterns are simple, there is a, a certain level of complexity to actually approaching the boss fight. 
And I would also add that, you know, it's kind of cool. If you do decide to replay the game at all, you'll start to learn that you can bring some of your power-ups into the boss fights. They'll eventually wear off, so you won't get through the entire boss fight. But it's kind of nice that you can go in there uh, as a little bit more powered up that may make the fight go a little bit quicker or maybe make it a little bit easier. You, you mentioned the Ice Skater. That's actually a, a boss fight from Bonk's Revenge, interestingly enough. And uh, it always, uh, I always felt like I, the number of hits it took to beat that that boss varied so drastically. But then I realized that sometimes it's because I brought a power up to the fight and other things like that. Yeah, and this game offers seven stages, rounds, levels. I guess we were, whatever yeah. you want to call them. Um, and you're 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 kind of range all over the place <laughs> in this game too. Like you literally take a venture through Dinosaur Land. Like you start off. In like a park, then you go to a desert, and then you get to face against the the, uh, the Triceratops <laughs> tank boss, which <laughs> is almost a nightmare because you have to like jump over the head, like in the horns, to hit like this hump on the back. So it's already kind of a nightmare to start off with, because you you might you're just like oh, okay, how do I get behind the boss? Well, you have to jump over it, and to jump over it, you have to like jump and do like a couple spins and hit the bump. And it's like okay, and then you have like the waterfall, the waterfall, the waterfall <laughs> forest, the waterfall to forest stuff, uh, which is where the where the bird is. Um, my big complaint about this stage is that there's a lot of lag. Yeah. That was I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. Uh, that was that's actually my biggest complaint of this game, and is that I, I don't know. I, I'm not a hundred percent. I don't quite think it's a limitation of the console because Revenge doesn't have any of this sort of lag that this game had. But no. it, when you when they put too much on screen, it was it, it, it definitely made it a lot less fun. And the waterfall stage, and then the other uh, uh, vertical uh, climbing stage, which was uh, was that. Level three, level whatever, uh, maybe it's level five actually. Uh, the castle, the castle stage, yeah. yeah. It's it's just it it definitely it's not as fun when when it, and it's a lot of lag. It's really slow to get it through those parts. Yeah, and then then you fight the bird, and the and the, the bird is fairly the bird guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the bird the bird is a pretty simple pattern. Like it just goes in a U from corner to corner. But like the hitbox on it is weird, and it also like it, like like it it uh, jolts his head forward too whenever it jumps. So like the hitbox moves when you're trying to jump on it as well too. So it's just oh. not a fan of the burp. That's my that's the worst mm. boss in the game, mm. in my opinion. <laughs> uh, right there with you, the burp or the last rule. It's just the like your point. Like the point that you made is that the the, the the it almost feels like the hitbox changes, and maybe it does actually. Maybe maybe I think it might. It might. Right. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, because it's it's uh, it's really challenging. And then you go to level three, which is the boneyard into the underwater stage, which is probably some of the best music in the game. Um, and yeah, you can skip. A large chunk of this stage uh, at the start of it, if you just was a spin jump across a canyon, basically, instead mm -hmm. of falling down a bridge. That uh, same skip exists in the uh, original game, and it's it's actually uh, a little bit more challenging in the Game Boy version uh, because it's it's almost like the very first step. You, if you take like almost one step, basically at the beginning of the level, you're gonna fall down the bridge and go have to take a bunch of extra water stages. Uh, the uh, the original game uh, gives you a little bit more leeway to, to get a running start and jump over there a little bit easier. Yeah, I can do it. I, uh, I've never been able to cross that <laughs> gap. I can do it if I remember it's coming. 
But a lot of times, like I don't have this game memorized right. because I, I I don't speed run it, and it's like, oh yeah, there's got there's a stage coming up where I have to jump over. Oh, I fell. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. I guess we're gonna do some water stages. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, the challenge is having to just remember where the hell it is. Um, but this is where you get the turtle transformation, which you said is not in the TurboGrafx 16 no. versions. So we exist. get a a Game Boy exclusive, essentially. <laughs> it's um, it's the, adorable. And we didn't, you know, uh, on TurboGrafx-16, we didn't see transformations other than the meat power-up until Bonk 3, which by the time that this game oh, is wow. released, we had some of those. Like, that, Bonk 3 has 92 or 93. I can't remember. It's right around the same exact time right, as this yeah. game. So I think it's when they decided to start uh, playing around with those ideas. Yeah, because you get the turtle transformation from the big Nessie robots underwater. Um, and the turtle transformation is, a, it's adorable. Like, it's a black <laughs> shell with Bonk's giant head. <laughs> like, it is fantastic. Yeah, I can see Bonk 3, Bonk's <laughs> Big Adventure, was released in 1993. So, the Game Boy 1 was the very oh, first yeah. one then that had, uh, had an there animal transformation. Yeah. yeah. Another Game Boy exclusive. See there. <laughs> well, there's there's uh, Bog Three. You don't turn into a turtle either. Like this is this is literally very quite specific to this game. It, this doesn't. Uh, it's pretty cool. I like it's that. Like, it's the only good. time you can play it. And then uh, once you get through the water stages, you have to watch out for the harpooning ducks. Oh, they're jerks! Uh, the amount of times I've been harpooned in the face <laughs> by a duck in this game is atrocious. This is why you can never trust a duck. <laughs> but uh, once you get past all of that, then you get to go against the uh, the sand shark, which is what we talked about earlier, where you can either hit it from the bottom if it's too high, or you can jump and hit it on its uh, nose or forehead. Uh, you do have to really be a little careful, though. Like, the fin in the ground will hurt you if you, if you don't jump over it. And it is a little quick across the screen too. You can get like was like three to four hits, I think, per per bump. But like it is a fairly quick um, transition across the screen. It is, and it's kind of there's I I uh, there's kind of a, a character like this in Bonk's Revenge, but no, it's completely different uh, patterns and everything. And it's kind of it's nice to play something that's different when you've played all the Bonk games. That this 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 uh there's it presents a different challenge. It's it's a really it's a cool boss fight. It's uh, like I think uh, uh, many of us, I, I tried hitting the fin first because that seemed like the obvious spot, but no, <laughs> yep. that's not the place you should be hitting. <laughs> and then we go into the volcano, uh, the volcano to the cave, which is, this is my favorite stage and favorite boss fight in the game, um, because this is the skating dinosaur boss, and I I watched Mo <laughs> this boss on stream, and he's like. You're supposed to spin right there. <laughs> I start laughing at work watching Mo do this because <laughs> the timings are just so different. Yep. And I'm and I'm like I'm sitting there like I had no pride. Like I first shot of this boss blind. And I'm watching Mo just getting just danced on by the dinosaur. She was not behaving like she should have behaved. <laughs> So she's actually, like I mentioned, she's a boss from Bonk's Revenge. And uh, I like what they did with her here. So in Bonk's Revenge, her pattern is very much set in stone. There's no variation to it every single time you play the game. And in this one, it's it's a if the longer the fight goes on, the more varied the patterns yeah. get. The the way that you 
beat the boss is kind of always the same, but I like that they changed up the patterns. I think it makes it kind of interesting. Yeah, I I just like the twirly part whenever she does it. <laughs> Cause it's like it's a lot of animation for a Game Boy game, like that yeah. twirl. Um and then we go into the castle climb, which doesn't have a boss at all. Um But it does have a crap is, ton of leg. <laughs> it does have a ton of leg. And you get to use your teeth a lot too. The, one of the frustrating things too about the lag in this level is that there there might not be any enemies on screen, and just your jump is causing the lag. And I I I this is one of the few times I threw something into the emulator and save stated and tried to figure out different routes to get rid of this lag. There I, I did not I was not able to find a pathway through, and I don't think there's a task of the game uh, uh, without have without creating some sort of lag in this level. That's how Kirby Streamland is. Like with Kirby Streamland, when you float up into the air. If you actually hold the up button, you actually create lag in the game just by holding oh, the up button. So you have to tap the A button. And it's like, okay, why is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. It's a feature. It's not a bug. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then uh, we go into stage six, level six, uh, inside the castle. This is where you get your, your infamous boss rush that we get always with retro games. Mm -hmm. uh, so you get to face off against the... The four or five bosses that you you face off against before, and you get to um, face off against the dinosaur race car. I, the I dino absolutely car, hate this car. Here. That pattern is so uh, awful. I can yeah. never remember how to just not get hit by it. So when I yeah, go go ahead. Ahead. no, no, I'm sorry. When I played this game like i i beat this game blind in like i don't know 40 45 minutes 50 minutes something yeah. like that and when i got to the dinosaur car i had like 10 lives mm -hmm. i finished the dinosaur car fight with like four lives left <laughs> yeah so in the uh in the original this boss fight is there and, it, and the name of the the boss is called t raptor head which is stupid <laughs> uh, <they> <laughs> But it's it's actually it's just as frustrating in the original as it is in the Game Boy version. Um, the, the the patterns are just kind of ridiculous, and it's one of the few patterns that's RNG. There, it actually does change every single time. But so you have this super tiny hitbox to hit while this thing is moving in these crazy patterns, and it's. The, the, I would say just as frustrating as trying to beat this boss is if you game over there, you got to start all the way over from the beginning too. You got to do the entire boss oh, rush again. Yeah. So this whole level just, oh my gosh, it, it can play. It, if you're playing it casually, it can definitely be one of those things where you're like, why am I playing this game? What am I doing with my life? You know, one of those kind of things. But, uh, and it's at least satisfying to beat the damn thing, but it's, it, it is not easy. It's not a, a straightforward boss fight by any chance, by any means. Well, it, and it's so crazy, too, because, like, all the previous boss fights, like, yeah, they have a little bit of complexity, but for the most part, like, you dive on their head and, right. you know, it's done. And it's a and it's a very predictable pattern. This thing, mm -hmm. though, is just like, what what just happened to this video game? <laughs> and and then, then you get into the moon land, which is the final stage against, uh, uh, what the hell, uh, Drool. Drool, yeah. And you're just like... Okay, I must jump on his. Nope. Okay, then he like hangs up in the air and spins around. And is like, okay, well, waiting for Bonk to go underneath me so I can try and Goomba stomp him. Oh darn, I missed. Better try again. And it's like, okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm 
I'm watching my boss fight right now as we're talking about this because, like, if you obviously the crown is damaged, but also if you hit too far forward, if you're like what would be the tip of his nose, that damages yeah. you as well. There, there's literally yeah. this stupidly tiny <laughs> hitbox. It's a on this real boss. small window. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's like around the eyebrow, maybe towards the peak of the nose. I don't. I, I can't even tell you. It's it's, it's super challenging. <laughs> I always aimed for like his nose has a like bump kind of in the middle. Ah, uh, yep, yep. I I always just aimed for that. What did like some sometimes it would hit, sometimes it wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> and I would one of the strong characteristics of the game too is that there's multiple stages to the the, the drool fight, and this game is no different. You get a couple different uh, phases and different attacks, and. They, they all present their own challenge, but the hitbox is so stupid that it, they're all kind of the same frustration as you're playing through the yes. game. Yeah, I we don't have the I don't have the notes for the phases for the final fight of Bonk's adventure here, but I do remember it was at phase one. He's up in the air, and yes. he kind of like follows you around. Think of like um, uh, phase two Wario from Super Mario Land Two. Yep, where like. If oh, yeah. you're underneath Wario, basically, like Wario falls down. Same case in this game, where if you're underneath Drool, Drool kind of like jumps and leaps towards you a little bit, and that's your opening to to attack him. Uh, phase two, he's on the ground, right? He kind of like it's just straight across does... the screen. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 In like a fast pattern, you basically can try to get two hits on him, but you, you're lucky if you get one. <laughs> And then was it was there a third phase to this game? I know there isn't revenge, but no, there's not. He goes back to the he goes back to his phase one uh, if he goes for too long. I'm just watching it right okay. now. So. And then yeah, once you take him down, then uh, you save the world. I guess <laughs> you save Moonland. Saved save dinosaur land. Yeah. And of course, and uh, very similar to all the other games, there's a the the last boss monologues. I shall be back, and that is definitely I wouldn't say I, that's kind of a lame catchphrase, but it is Drool's catchphrase that he'll always be back. You never actually kill Drool; you only defeat him. Uh, I will be back. Yeah. Which he says after every phase in Revenge. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was so confusing. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, yeah, that pretty much sums up the I think, game. I, I, yeah, but I think the funnest part of Bonk is looking at the art <laughs> for Bonk. We sure love looking at the art. Was it called BC yeah, Kid in Europe? Yeah. Oh, lucky. Yeah, Dude, I think good. BC Kid is way better than Bonk. So I'm with you on that. <laughs> but uh, box art and all three box arts are different. This is absurd. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we should start with the Absurd. original, which is the Japanese one, of course, because which yeah, has a and I have questions actually. <laughs> what <laughs> I do too. Actually. Like, okay, you you see the Bond character; he's holding a Game Boy with a little version of himself in it. Very, exp- yeah, it explains itself. Like, hey, this is my uh, game on uh, on Game Boy, and then in the background you have some random science articles. <laughs> Based it there? <laughs> Why? The di- like a dinosaur skeleton in the bottom left corner. Yeah, and, and these are, <laughs> as far as I can see, they are either like Amer- American articles or, or whatever, so they're not even Japanese articles. So I'm like, 
again, why though? Like, it, and it's not it's not like drawn articles either. Like it's not like they tried to like impersonate an article. It's a verbatim like scan of a magazine or mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. something article from a book, and then and then placed in the background and overlapped by Bonk and the Game Boy. So uh, it's. <laughs> There's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, like, and also... But Bonk is cute. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the design of Bonk this way. Like, it's, it really shows the character and his goofiness. Um, also, I kind of think his... Uh, how would you call that? His uh, dress? That's not a dress. It's... I don't know how you call it. It's like yeah. tunic thing. Uh, it looks like it's made out of meat. <laughs> oh, it kind of oh, it does a little it? bit, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Interesting choice there, but yeah, that what a what a weird cover for the Japanese version. Yeah, I want, I want, I want this box now, man. Yeah, so you can read the articles in the back. (laughs) (laughs) I'd scan it and zoom in. Twelve hundred DPI. What we got going on, man? All right, but going from that, will what the easiest transition is to the European version, which is uh, called BC Kit, like Baltic set. Um, Same art style as the original Japanese art style. uh, Very cutesy, uh, very colorful. I really love this uh, this cover. Sadly, the version I have here has a. A, f- a sticker on it w- with on a French it, yeah. price and and something else, which is the ger- a German sticker. I don't know what happened there, um, but that's a very nice cartoony style. Um, it shows some of the characters that are in the game, uh, like the cactus in the background. I don't know what those flying things are in the sky. <laughs> they are very crudely drawn, but it's kind of funny actually. I Good, I like the color. I like the color. Yeah, but. It is really busy. Yeah, it, it, there's. It looks like there's Drool as one of the characters in the background, and I don't remember ever seeing Drool on any of the other box arts for any of the games. So that's kind of interesting that that was included there. I don't. I don't remember ever seeing Drool on box art. Yeah, I mean the the European one again mimics a lot of the art from the Japanese. A uh, mm. bit different yep. coloring. Um, Bonk is more peach than yellow, mm. uh, and yeah, it has Drool on there, which. Is interesting too because some like a lot of box arts put a final boss in, but the the bit I I do have of Bonk like you don't the only bosses you might see is like the the bird mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right or uh, or you know some other random like or like the uh, dancing uh, dinosaur. So it's it's kind of cool to see that, and they have a lot a lot of the uh, enemies that you come across in the game as well too. But one thing that sticks out to me the most is that in the middle of the box art, because the German sticker is in the way, his uh, little like tunic thing looks like it's giving you the finger. <laughs> right. It so does. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I wasn't even looking at that. There's <laughs> <laughs> also a sticker on it. What's this giant red? Oh, is that? What is the giant red sticker? Yeah, that's a German the one. That's, the, that's uh, the German sticker. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, it says... Wait, I have to make this a little larger in this case because I can't read German. Um, it says... Uh, it's under guarantee and it has the manual. Oh. There you go. Yeah. But the best part, too, is that all three different box arts has the three different Hudson Soft logos. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Totally <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you know, I, then, it's so interesting. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. It's just it's it's from a marketing perspective. I'm just like it's so interesting. I understand making things regionally specific. That I totally get all that. But your logo, that's like branding 101. What the hell? How would you have all three of them? <laughs> right. Um, and then going into the American box art, I this one is actually probably my favorite of the three. Um, more so because they made Bonk look like a kid version of Fred Flintstone. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. Yeah, they totally went with because a different like, style than <laughs> the, the original. Yeah, because like Bonk's adventure is in is in stone. Like it's actual like stone texture. Like it looks like it was chiseled in mm-hmm. stone, almost like Joe and Mac. Uh, versus like BC Kid and GB Genji, where they're uh, just yellow text with dots in it to kind of mimic a stone texture. And then Bonk has you know an orange tunic on with black spots on it, just like Fred Flintstone did mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. cartoons. Uh, he's carrying a huge hammock of meat. And the art style is actually a, a bit more realistic in this one as well, too. And he, it's actually you can see like this power up going around him because he has a, a meat in his <laughs> hand. Uh, the scale is actually really interesting too because like Bonk is very much in the foreground, so he's bigger than everything else that's going into the background. Versus something on the European box art is that Drool is very much in the background, and so is the cactus and a lot of these other enemies. However, Bonk and Drool and the people in the background almost share a very similar scaling, so it almost looks like it's not layered at all, and it's just kind of pieced together. So, um, I I personally like the American box art, which is something I rarely ever say on this <laughs> podcast, uh, the most for this game. And it's it's interesting that they uh, they it's actually even slightly different than the um, the TurboGrafx sixteen box art of Bonk, which I thought was kind of interesting choice. in In Japan, there's quite a bit of media and things around the character of Bonk. So there was a cartoon. There were these uh, presumably pop, uh, popular games because the P, the PC Engine was pretty popular in Japan. So like it doesn't seem like they could have done very much with the box art and how. Uh, PC or BC Genjin looks in in Japan, but they had, it seems like they had some more freedom in the U.S. version. And I agree with you, man. It's it, it has a, a nice aesthetic to it. That the head is super large, just like it should be, but it's still animated and kind of fun. I dig it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's really clean. Like yeah. it's, I don't, I can't say that often for an American box art, but this box art is very clean. Yeah, and it has a lot of color. Like it's it's weird for an American box art to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not as saturated as like uh, the European cover or the Japanese cover art. It's, it's a little bit uh, lower on saturation when it comes to coloring, but it has a lot of color in it, uh, which is pretty amazing. But it also shows something that uh, that um, has been talked about a lot, um, not on this podcast, but in general. Um, for some reason, when it comes to American audiences, um, the character, the main character, has to be more aggressive for some reason. Um, and the reason yeah. I'm saying this is because the one thing that a lot of people have heard the past few years is like the covers for the Kirby games. Like, you can see the Japanese ones where he's this cutesy <laughs> character that's smiling, and on the American versions or some of the European versions, 
he's just mad. He wants to destroy everything. And <laughs> it's it's kind of the same deal with this. Like, if you look at the Japanese one and the European one, he's like this happy-go-around character. And then you see the American one, he's like, oh, I'm ready to kill some dinos. No, that's that's a very interesting... Um, <laughs> idea that 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 they keep using and even back then uh they used uh to to portray characters to the audiences well even just the art style in general is more yeah. aggressive than the european and japanese because like looking at the textures of the american box art too like the textures are more harsh they're more mm -hmm. shadowed like they're right. they're a lot more aggressive versus the bubbliness and colorfulness of the European box art and the, well, I got the article scan and the, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the, uh, thick, you know, manga outlines of, of the Japanese version. That actually becomes kind of interesting when we get to revenge. I'll, I, there's some interesting, uh, differences as well. So, but that's so true. That's, Makes makes you wonder the perception here of uh, the Americans. You needed to be aggressive, you know. It's like, oh my god, okay, hmm, interesting. It says a lot the about vengeance spirit. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. The vengeance spirit yeah. box art. <laughs> so that's one show up on on uh, Twitter uh, a few days ago. Like somebody talking about like the craziness of differences between box art, and that's yeah, like the I biggest know. example. It's like, oh, here is this cutesy ghost thingy, and here's a guy with a Tommy gun shooting somebody. <laughs> Cute ghost versus New York Mafia Tommy gun guy. Ugh, America. <laughs> Never change. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Um, so we have like a trivia section here, which, well, we, thanks to the yeah. Lot Mackie, he, he's covered a lot of there it throughout go. this, the talk of, of adventures. So yeah. we're going to skip right over that. General reception, again, we, we kind of briefly talked a bit over this, but, uh, yeah. Bonk was big with the tur with the Turbo Graphics community, and is yeah. is is a big thing in Japan. I would say not as big as like Nubo or Kirby mm. or them, but he's he's definitely a figure in Japan. And you know, just for like some context, uh, Mario and Nintendo were still quite dominant this time, but uh, uh, the the uh, PC Engine outsold the Sega Genesis or the Master uh, the Mega right. Drive. Uh, so you just kind of have some context uh, how wh what kind of player it was in Japan compared to what it was here. So I assume that maybe as this may not have been, the, I don't know what the sales are for the U.S. for this game, but you can definitely pretty much uh, guarantee that it did well, uh, at least in Japan. Take that, Sega. <laughs> All right. So with that, we're going to take another short break here. When we come back, we're going to be d diving into Bonk's Revenge. So the second Hype. of the Game Boy series. So stay tuned. everybody um so yeah diving into uh, bonk's revenge now the bc kit 2 or gb genjin 2 depending on where you're from mm -hmm. i guess uh the second main big entry of bonk for the game boy um released in 1994 this time 
uh, developed by AI and published by Hudson. So yeah, a different developer this time. Yeah, and it, which kind of shows, um, like it, it it is similar to the other Bond game, but um, it it does do something completely different and um, even more unlike uh, Bong's Adventure. This one is like completely original besides the the final boss then, of course, which is just the same uh, final boss again. But besides that, it's like, from what I've seen in other Bong's games, things like this don't show up anywhere else. Yep, there are characters and abilities and things like that that I, I can't remember playing any of those in Super Bonk or Bonk 3 when you actually get into some of the, the character changing stuff. So it's uh, it's definitely an original game. I, I have not played any of the levels that are even remotely close. And even the abilities you get in mm-hmm, this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get some new abilities that you don't get in the first uh, adventure game. And it's it feels very original, very new. The ability is just definitely something that's weird. Big change in this game. <laughs> yes. But I, I wonder why Hudson went with a different... Or I wonder why we went with a different developer with Bonk's Revenge. And why Hudson just didn't keep it in-house like they did Adventure. Well, so it's interesting you say that. Because if you play through... The, so there's Bonk 1, 2, and 3 on uh, TurboGrafx-16 or PC Engine. And the Bonk's Revenge game has a what feels like a completely different engine than Bonk's mm-hmm. Adventure. Like the character jumps completely different, the controls are different. Even though it's the same basic principles, the game just the way you control Bonk feels completely different. He's not nearly as floaty and all this kind of stuff. When you get to Bonk Three, it feels like it goes back to the original Bonk's Adventure engine, and uh, it it's one of those things where you if you think about it for just a little bit, you kind of it, it brings you back to. This seems more like some decisions made by folks on the business end of things as opposed to those who are actually playing the games. Because it's especially for a person who's playing through the game, it's a big difference as you get uh, when you play the games. Like this game, even this Bonk's Revenge on Game Boy, I guess I felt pretty different than the original Bonk's Adventure on Game Boy. Yeah, I 100% agree with the with the different feel too, and we'll definitely get into that in the gameplay. But you did find so tip so the composer feel for this was blank before, uh, and Lat Mackey uh, went through watched this video and saw that there was a composer for Bonk's Revenge, um, and uh, the composer is Kimataka Mas- Masume, which when I saw Lat Mackey type that in, I'm like that name looks really really familiar. And so I did a quick look up. I'm like, oh, right. He did Street Fighter and Final Fight. But also, like, this person has done uh, Trip World, apparently. Or, like, at least helped with Trip World. Um, some of the Mega Man games, UN Squadron. Like, he helped out a lot with some of the Capcom stuff. So. Definitely got a resume. Yeah. I think something that's interesting to note as well, and I'm not sure if... Um... You all played this on the Super Game Boy or if you played it on the actual console, but it's enhanced if you use, at least on the Super Game Boy 2, it was, uh, they have an enhanced version, which uh, is pretty cool. They have the nice overlay that, you know, makes it look very bonky and uh, has a lot of nice colors to it that took advantage of the uh, Super Game Boy. And that's that's not something that uh, the first one had. So it's kind of cool that they, they, they included that and took the time to add a little enhancement for the Super Game Boy 2. Yeah, I did play it on the on Super Game Boy 2, so I, I saw all of that. That's... Uh... Yeah, like, um, uh, what year was this? 94. Yeah, then most of the games were starting to uh, integrate those things. So that's always nice to see. 
I like the yeah. I like when the color palette gets chosen for me as well. At least ah maybe the developers did intend this, you know, with the uh, with the it ends up being blood red. Yeah, <laughs> at, at least it's a good color scheme that they used for this one, unlike Mulan, for example, which yeah. is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> or Shaq. I, yeah, I don't I don't remember that one, but oh man, yeah, some of some of those Super Game Boy enhanced games are rough to be mm-hmm. nice about it <laughs> and, la- and and laggy which we'll talk about that in the gameplay a little bit too but super game boy enhanced games bring a, a no- another layer of lag mm-hmm. to the game as well too but um the plot of this game so i got this right from the manual so you know how really in-depth the adventure one was right three three paragraphs <laughs> yeah <clears throat> One day soon after arriving on the moon, Bonk hears an incredible explosion. Oh no, the Earth has split into two. The sinister King Drool has struck again. This is bad. Real bad. Bonk must return to Earth immediately. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Like, that's That's the plot. (laughs) So we went from, like, this grandiose introduction to Bonk to, like, Okay, well, Bonk, I guess, is going back to Earth because it got blown up. Okay, cool. Awesome. There, it's you know, it's funny because I don't, I can't see any. Pl- not that there's much plot to any of these games, but there are. There seems to be no plot similarities or crossovers from Bonk's Revenge, the original game, to to these, to this one specifically. So that's all you get. That's all you get. It's real bad. Everything's. This is bad. Real bad. It's it's bad. It's real bad. Okay. All right. I'm really glad you clarified how bad it was. Appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, does it actually say that Bonk must return to Earth immediately? Huh. Yeah, yeah. That, but you don't know which half. It's split in half. That's, <laughs> oh, man. I can't think of a time where they actually mentioned Earth before. That's that's uh that might be the only time it's mentioned actually in any of the games. At least in the American manual, yeah, it says Earth. Maybe in the Japanese when they actually refer to refer to Dinosaur Land or yeah, something, dinosaur. but could be a bad translation. Very possibly a bad translation, or not a translation the, the at all. Part, they were just like, yeah, "I'll right. yeah, ride whatever." <laughs> yep. the The best part is Bonk hears an explosion from the moon. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Well, it's kind it's kind of like the Sonic Unleashed plot at this point. <laughs> like, oh yeah, so Sonic goes to the moon to fight Eggman and then suddenly, oh, the Earth has split into like five parts. There we go. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, so, sometimes the reading the plot is the best part of reviewing <laughs> a game. <laughs> it makes you wonder if you would have read the plot, would you have even t- played the game in the first place? But whatever, you know? <laughs> Too much, don't want to think about that. This is the first time I read the plot, so... <laughs> I just assumed we just stayed on Dinosaur Land and I had to go fight King Rule again or Drool or whatever his name is. But uh, the gameplay of this, like, it, it, it is similar to Bonk's Adventure, but it also is different. Mm. The controls feel tighter in this game. Yes. In, in my opinion. They feel much tighter. Like, they... You still have the base control of like moving and spinning and headbutting and whatnot, but like it's less floaty, like Lat Mackie was saying. Mm-hmm. 
and everything just feels tight. Like it's not that loose moon gravity fit that Adventure had. I, I, you know, when I was playing through it, I, I actually really thought the controls were great, uh, or at least that they controlled well. Um, if somebody ever asked me, "Hey, what Bonk game should I play?" Give me a recommendation. My first recommendation is always Bonk's Revenge on the TurboGrafx-16 because of how better Bonk controls. Um, I, I've, I, I played a fair amount of Game Boy games this time. This is actually one of the better controlling characters I've had in a Game Boy game. Like it was responsive and it moves quick. Like it's not. I, I didn't feel it felt very responsive. Everything, uh, any input I put into the control, it seemed like Bonk actually did it, which I, I thought that was really cool. But yeah, the other thing that we touched on too is the different power-ups in mm-hmm. this. So I I never like when I played this casually, I played it once other time too. I didn't understand how the power the power-ups worked. Like do you just ch- like when you eat a piece of meat, do you just choose which power-up you want like as it yeah, rotates? Yeah, exactly. Um and it it's yeah, not so okay. easy to like get the one you actually want. At least I felt uh felt like it was like that like i always wanted one thing and then i just ended up getting something completely different which wasn't very cool but uh yeah i it's it's a weird system it's like a cycle kind of like the mixing kirby games where you just go through the things and then then you pick one randomly uh so Belthick, to your point, I didn't discover that until like round four or five. I was almost done with the game by the time I discovered, oh, wait, I can press the button and I might get a different power up here. So that was that was not very clear from the get-go, to say the least. Yeah, because I, like, I watched my playthrough before before we started recording here, and I, <laughs> I grabbed the piece of meat like in stage one, and like nothing happened for like 30 seconds. Like I just stood there like an idiot. And I was right. like, and then also like, I hear myself say like, Oh, I have to choose my power up, and I'm like, mm. oh, that's really different compared to Bonk's Adventure because, like, you depending on the size of the meat, like if you get a big meat, like you go straight to Screamo Bonk, and then if you get a small piece of meat, you turn into Stonehead Bonk, right. basically. But in this one, like when you eat a piece of meat, like you have three choices of Master Bonk, Hungry Bonk, and Stealth Bonk, and like I don't know. I, I think I always used the one with the uh, with the elf ears. He was my that was my favorite one to play with. Uh, it's nice that they had like a distinct personality and and uh, attacks and stuff like that. Although I didn't really, I mean, like damage wise, it didn't seem like any of the characters did any more damage than the mm-hmm. other ones. So I think at some point I just started randomizing. Whatever, hey, I'll just take that and go. <laughs> yeah, they they have some unique features to them, but like for actual gameplay and defeating enemies, they're not that great. Um, like the hungry bonk, you can swallow up enemies, which actually restores your life, which is pretty cool. Um, also works uh, on I the bosses, by the way. Like you can use it to regain some of your health. Um, oh, really? oh man, uh, that's a great yeah, feature. Uh, so that's the most useful one, I think. I don't know what the, the master bunk actually does anymore. Um, I, I really don't remember. And the stealth bunk, you basically use to open the locked doors throughout the stages that lead to extra lives or bonus uh, stages and things like that so um, that's a useful one if there happens to be a door nearby that you can enter oh dude oh here we go I, I put up the manual so yeah hungry bonk was the one I like to play mm-hmm. as uh, stealth bonk although you can't ground bonk you can get into secret rooms in this yeah. mode there are many secret rooms to try out so that's what stealth bonk does 
Master Bonk in Master Mode, Bonk's Bonking. Bonk's bonking and jumping power is <laughs> right. Increased. You can jump way bonking higher. the ground, bonking the ground. A ground bonk, <laughs> <laughs> great Jeez, name, will cause all enemies on the screen to take damage. Hungry bonk in hungry mode. You can bite enemies, which is even more powerful than bonking them, and you can even ground mm-hmm. bonk. Okay, you're blowing my mind here a little bit because they're, throughout the game, there are all these doors that have these like you know keyholes yeah. on them that looks like you can put a key in there. I didn't go into any of them because I didn't realize you could with Stealth Bomb. I, that would have been nice. I could have used some mm-hmm, extra lives. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that either. I thought you needed a key. Yeah, same here. I went yeah. for the key. <laughs> well, I figured out that's pretty early because I happened to get the... the Stealth Bomb. Stealth Bomb is a weird name, though, for it because you're in like a prison tuning. You're yeah. in a, you're in a so prison it's, outfit. It's yeah. kind of weird. He, I think he also moves a lot slower oh. because he's dragging around like a ball and chain. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you can use him to to lockpick all those doors and, and they always lead to um, some of the pickups, like a whole bank of them. Um, so you can get extra lives out of that and things like that. So that's that's pretty nice. That would so much easier. We thought that was zombie bonk. We didn't even realize that that was, that's what that was. It was like prison bonk. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Now I feel like i got to play through mm-hmm. the game again. My my favorite bonk, though, is wounded bonk. <laughs> because he's wrapped mm-hmm. up like a mummy. Yes. He yeah. looks adorable. I, I only happen to get Mother that one if I lost the mini game. Um, I don't know if there's other ways to actually get that one. But uh, there's a mini game where you have to fight... Um, Zonk, I think. Mecha Bonk. Air, Air Zonk, I think it is. Uh, uh, it looks like or, Robocop, yeah. but whatever. It, we, yeah, we, we call it, we, his, his name okay, is Mecha, Mecha Bonk. Bonk. Yeah, Mecha where Bonk. you have to like push him off the screen and, and then you win. But if you lose, and it's a best two out of three, uh, if you lose, you end up being the, the mummy Bonk. And as far as I know, every single time I tied him, like not, not, neither one of us fell off the screen, it, the, the tie goes yeah. to him. You you always lose the tie. Of, of course <laughs> it does. Thank you, Retro Games. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one more. The, uh, the mini game was one of the most challenging parts. Yeah, I, I didn't, game, I didn't I just, like I, it. It really struggled yes. to beat it. Um, yeah. There's one more thing that Bonk can do in this game. Um, he can actually climb on ceilings in this one. Uh, yeah yeah once again that's a good time as far as i know i have not played any other bonk game with being able to climb with able to to teeth on the ceilings and it's a cool mechanic yeah and bonk has some crazy core strength too because he again he uses (laughs) his teeth to climb on the ceiling but he doesn't hang from his teeth his body is still up against the ceiling he has got he has some core strength let me tell you what He's obviously been doing yoga since Bonk. <laughs> been doing a lot of something. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, it's I. I liked that they used that mechanic too to be able to to get to certain areas and to get certain power ups and beat certain enemies. I thought that was it. Definitely, <coughs> once a, there are a bunch of things that make this game feel different. That was definitely one of them. Yeah, some. I like his crawling mm-hmm. too because he uses his teeth to crawl. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, I forgot that he can crawl in this one as well. <laughs> yeah, th- the one thing that is also very different about this game is um, 
the levels are not that linear. Like, it's still the same thing. It's still left to right and get to the end. Or it's it's a, a vertical stage where you have to travel upwards or downwards. But there's a lot more to explore, a lot more to find. Um, like... Again, the health extension shows up in this game, but you have to find like four uh, white hearts, I believe, before you even get an extra uh, health uh, or heart. Um, and like getting extra lives is also made a little bit harder because it's not just an extra life you pick up, but there's like these items that you can collect and if you get a certain amount of them, um, you actually do get an extra life. So it's fun to explore. Um, Definitely if you're playing this game for the first time and casually, but I did just rush through it to be perfectly honest. Um, so I, I didn't really do all the exploring, but you can. That Yeah, I, I, I beat this game in 45 mm, minutes. Yeah, right. same here. It's pretty short. And that was definitely a characteristic that started with uh, Bonk 3 on uh, TurboGrafx-16, where it's the, the, it gave you some... You could choose kind of your own way to get through a stage. The one slight... I wouldn't say issue, but one of the things about that is that it's not the most rewarding mm -hmm, thing. Mm -hmm. So there are, there are some things you can go get and things, but it's it, it's not nearly as productive or rewarding than just go to, to go find the boss as fast yeah. as you can. So that's the one drawback to it, but it does give you some options. Yeah. I'm... Uh... I'm still reading this manual <laughs> and the very last page of the manual is hey your neanderthal your neanderthal with an attitude is looking pale put some color back into the guy with super game boy <laughs> plug your bonk's revenge into the super game boy to rampage through the stone ages with a little flare and color <laughs> i'm so glad that's in the manual it definitely sounds like some 50 or 60 year old person wrote that with Oh yeah, 100%. Hey, They're how do I how can I sound <laughs> How can I sound hip? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Jeez Louise. The uh, I got one comment on the uh, gameplay is uh, the the crawling mechanic while you, there are some points where you actually need it. I really struggled to get it to actually work properly and maybe it's the way that I hold the D-pad or whatever, but moving was you'd, you'd come off out of the crawl pretty easily and so actually staying in the crawl while moving through some of the spaces I found a little bit frustrating, not crazily frustrating, but just a little bit frustrating on the front end. I agree with that. There are times where like I was crawl I would crawl and I would stop because I had to reach at or something. Right, right. And then I would go and try and crawl again, but Bonk would stand mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. and I would take damage. I was like, I didn't tell you to stand up. Like <laughs> I'm holding the same same, you know, direction and and combination I did when I let go of the D pad or stopped doing this. Like I don't understand why you get out of your crawl, but whatever. Right. Yeah. But um the bosses in this, I feel like the bosses in this game were way yeah, absolutely than an adventure. Uh, <laughs> even though the hitboxes, again, were a little unknown, once you found the hitboxes, it was easy mode. Yeah, you can um, basically juggle every single boss in this game, and it's so much fun to do once you figured out how to do it. My so like the the first boss you face is like a, a bull thing. I call it bull boy, um, and like you can approach it like three different ways. My favorite thing to do was to stand in the middle of the stage and just 
stand on the ground and headbutt it as it got close <laughs> to me. Because it couldn't hurt me. It just kept coming right at me like an idiot. It's like headbutt goes back to the right side of the screen. Comes towards the left, headbutt goes back to the right side. You had to rinse and repeat for like the next like 30 seconds. I mean, I could have jumped and did the diving, diving headbutts and whatever else, but I was like, well, this is easy. This is just easier to do. And, I, and I'm lazy and I need to be checked. So. <laughs> right, right. And I, that's, I think I once started a fair amount of the bosses in this game on the, on the, the casual playthrough, but it seems like every boss has some sort of cheese available mm-hmm. to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Especially the next one, which is the Hydra, which, in my opinion, I think the Hydra is the hardest of the bosses, yeah, I agree. but still really easy. And the reason it's hard is because you have to get underneath <laughs> the Hydra to hit its belly. Yeah, it just that's that's honestly the hardest part of the boss is getting the position because it its pattern doesn't really have a pattern. It kind of just floats around the screen. Mm-hmm. And if it gets a hold of Bonk, it actually eats Bonk. Like it goes into the Hydra's mouth and it chews and spits Bonk back out. Um, so the hardest part is getting underneath the hydra, but once you get underneath the hydra, when you hit it into the when you when you swim up into it into the stomach, the hydra actually jumps. It goes up and backwards, so uh, it's easy to jug, juggle if you can get it up against a wall. Then you can just sit there and just you know have it bounce on your head all day and kill it. But um, just as a casual, like when you're going down, you hit it. You kind of have to chase sometimes. And if he gets out of position, you have to swim back up and swim back down. And like it's not a hard fight, but it definitely is the one with the, with the most thought. I feel like that has to be put into it. I do. I did appreciate the variety of bosses. Like we got, it feels like we got completely different bosses than uh, any of the other games. Mm. Which I, I appreciate that they went that they went they went that route at least. Yeah, especially this next boss. I call it the Vampire Hunter Teenage Mutant <laughs> Turtle. Um, because when it when it shows up, like it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, basically, but with like a vampire cloak and some other things, and it turns into a croissant. Um, and it, it has a very similar pattern to what the bird did in Bonk's Adventure, where it goes from the top right corner to the top left corner in a U, U pattern. Uh, this boss was actually really hard for me to hit. Couldn't agree with you more. It's the, it's the, probably the boss that gave me the most amount of uh, problems. And just figuring out where the heck its hitbox was. It's not, there's no obvious place for its hitbox. It's, hit, it's hitbox. Yeah, this was, this was the one where, um, where I talked about an adventure where the bosses are tall. And they're so tall that they are the height of Bonks' mm. jump, basically. <laughs> yes, yeah. And the hitbox for this, from what I found, is the, is the top of the head. And to get to the top of the head is you have to jump pretty close to the boss and do like a little spin to get that diving headbutt going. It's actually a really tight hit to do. Um, it This bot like... I still think the Hydra boss is harder than this one just simply because the Hydra just doesn't have a pattern to it. But I think this one is the Vampire Hunter Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is harder than the Hydra in terms of hitting yes. it. So I, I agree. And I would say maybe it was about the fifth or sixth time that I played through this boss that I did find a little bit of cheese in there because you can hit him repeatedly once you get a good pattern going, but it's, and also his, his, his movements are, are fixed. They're not, there's not any RNG to his patterns. Yes. So yeah. that kind of helps, but finding where that is, uh, it can take a while. 
Take, took me a bunch of deaths. I, I think I died four or five times. Yeah, I watched my playthrough of it. I struggled a little bit just because I was like, I don't know when to hit him. Like, I, I can see like how to hit him, right. but I don't know when to hit him because he's actually pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, then after that, we have Darth Vader. Darth Vader. It, it totally uh, is Darth It looks exactly like Darth Vader. It is. It's a, it's a fat version <laughs> of Darth Vader. Um, and again, this boss is really tall. Yeah, um, So you go into this Darth Vader fight, and it's literally Darth Vader. Like It is a black dome-shaped enemy that, that when he gets close to you, swings mm-hmm. a lightsaber. I'm not sure if this was intended, but the eyes of the Darth Vader character kind of look like some of the eyes and the characters in Erzonk. And I don't, Erzonk had already come out by the time this game was released. So I don't know if there was any sort of uh, inspiration behind it, but it it, it does have a little bit of that look to it. But it's, I mean, the helmet looks exactly like Darth Vader's helmet. (laughs) It's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that at all. Yeah. So maybe that's try that their future they're trying to bridge or their their Airzonk was supposed to be like the hip and cool uh, bonk character you know the bonk character for the future so I don't know if maybe they were trying to hint <laughs> into that who the heck knows gotta wonder sometimes on these decisions that's very true but like at first you th- you think this is a hard <laughs> fight because like yes, he's uh, tall and his range is actually kind of kind of long because he has that lightsaber um, so at first you're like wow this fight is actually kind of hard. Because once he goes to the left side of the screen and swings, he just goes he goes back to the right side. And, and he just rinse and repeats until, you know, he gets close to you, swings, and just does the same thing over and over again. Um, but you can actually jump over the lightsaber yeah. and do a little spin spin in the air and land on his head and hit him. And then he'll just go back to the to, to the right side of the screen, rinse and repeat. Like the pattern again is fixed. It's right to left swing, right to left swing. Um, so once you understand like that, you can jump over this lightsaber, and it's not that scary at all. This fight is exceptionally easy. Yeah. Second easiest boss fight in the game, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Once you figure it out, it's uh, pretty easy. And then we have the alien from Alien 3. <laughs> yeah, that was a surprise when that one came along. <laughs> <laughs> All these cameos, man. <laughs> it's an homage. They're not stealing. It's an homage to that. <laughs> <laughs> this was the easiest boss in the game, oh, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, it moves in a diagonal pattern. So it starts from the ceiling and I think it goes to the right first or the left, and then it goes yeah. to the floor. Once it's on the floor, you jump up, headbutt it, go run into the bottom corner. Doesn't matter which one. Mm-hmm. It goes off against the wall, up into the ceiling, off against the wall, back on the floor, jump and headbutt it, rinse and repeat until it's dead. Um, I don't think I got hit at all <laughs> in my blind playthrough on this boss fight. <laughs> very possible. It's not very challenging. I- um. No, I, I once again, I, it's cool that like that there there hasn't there is not a boss like this in any other of the games. So it's cool that it's different, but it's really easy. <laughs> it's <laughs> and it also just yeah, yeah, I don't know, fell out of place. Like it, it was not it an enemy did. I was expecting. It did. But you know what? The sprite for it looked yeah. really good. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> 
it looked like it belonged in an alien <laughs> game. It was really good. Um, and then you have the boss rush, which it's the boss rush. Yeah, like I, I thought it was very interesting the way they did the boss rush actually in this game. Um, like we haven't really talked about the teams of the stages because it's kind of hard to actually put them into a team. Um, like it. it it doesn't really show anything that you can say, oh, this is themed to be something like that. Except for the final one with the alien uh, fight. It's kind of like a space station or something like that. Um, but the way they do the boss rush in this one is like they give you a little part uh, of each of the previous stages before you head into, uh, into the fight, which I thought was a pretty cool idea. It kind of reminds me of how did it Mega Man 1 or Mega Man X 1, um, where it's not just the uh, transporters at the end, but you actually play a little bit of the level and then you come across the bosses. Um, I always appreciate that in those games. And it's kind of sad for Mega Man, at least, that they, after that they went into the trope of just doing uh, the teleporters. Uh, but I really like it when you have a big level and then you come across the, the same bosses again. That's I, I really love that. In the original box adventure games, uh, they just had a straight boss rush. You'd go one room to the next and be all the bosses. But starting with Revenge and, and on since past that, you always get to play a little bit of a stage and then you get to face the boss again, which is kind of cool. You know, because it's more game mm -hmm. you're getting mm -hmm. and it's all new. You know, it's not the same stage. Yeah. The the one thing like I didn't touch, we didn't touch base on this in adventure, but when you go into a boss room and or the boss rush, you have to go into like this a uh, hip skeleton elevator, mm -hmm. basically. Yes. Yep, yep. Um, and that elevator is kind of a, a pain to get yes. into, <laughs> a, first of all. Uh, and sometimes it just doesn't, like, you'd be standing in the middle of it and it just doesn't do anything. You're just like, okay, that's cool, too. Um, but the boss rush in Bonked Adventure was just that, like, once you climb to the top, you hop into a, a, a skeletal elevator and you go down to your boss fight and do your thing. The one weird thing, and I noticed this with most playthrough as well too, is that at the start there's a big mm -hmm. a big heart that fills up your health. If you don't grab that after you beat the first <laughs> boss, the boss yeah. rush, that heart's gone. gone. Yep. Even if you don't grab it, that heart is gone. Uh, I, I thought I thought I bugged the game out because it happened to me, and I'm like, oh, I bugged the game out. That's that sucks. Like I didn't get my heart. Nope. And then I watched Mo play it. You know how mm. a few weeks ago. And uh, the same thing happened to him, and I'm like, "Oh, that's not. There's no way that's a bug. Right. Like, that's clearly meant. It's a clear mm -hmm. game mechanic." Yep. Uh, but in Bonk's Revenge, we don't have the skeletal elevators right. anymore. We have like these teleportation platforms now, which I thought were interesting. Definitely different. Uh, it definitely takes you because like, I don't. I can't think of any other. In fact. None of the other bonks use a teleportation tra platform. You know, it's all—it's almost all elevators. Always that was like one of the right. uh, characteristics of it. Uh, the thing that they do do, which I, I think is kind of cool. Actually, I, I really enjoyed this playthrough of this game. And another thing that I enjoyed is like, while well, you mentioned earlier that like it's tough to describe what might be the theme of any round mm. in this game. Each level does have. I guess you would say physics or, or, or gravity is, is kind of different in each level. And they took that and put that back into the boss rushes as well. So sometimes you can, you, there is a level where you're, you're floaty bonk again. There is a level where you're basically like, I guess you're like 
floating around completely. It's almost like you're underwater, but I think it's supposed to be you're floating in the air. So, and they took that and they put that into the boss rush stuff, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, now that I think about it, uh, there's one stage that you can say, like, this is a team, and that's when you're on the terrain. Oh, that, that is, like, <laughs> okay, it's a terrain level, okay. Oh, yeah. Right, right. And there's actually, yeah. in Bonk's Revenge, uh, the original game, there is trains, but they're, I, and I, they're actually part of a bonus stage where you're supposed to power up and get extra heart pieces and all this kind of stuff. So that's what I was expecting <laughs> when I played through it on the, <laughs> in this version. No, I got my ass kicked the first time through. <laughs> Everything hurts me. <laughs> Which again, Bonk's Revenge for the Game Boy is another. It was coded and built explicitly for yeah. the Game Boy. Like this wasn't a port either. So, because sometimes too, like when a developer or will make a game for the Game Boy, like if they're gonna have a sequel, like the first game might be an actual coded game for the Game Boy, but then the sequel comes out and it's a port from the Super Nintendo or the NES because they needed to cut cost or whatever it it may be. But Bonk's Revenge for the Game Boy is also a uniquely created game explicitly for the Game Boy. So I think it's the, uh, the last round. Um, There's this stage where you're falling through the clouds and you're falling all the way down. And uh, none of the other Bonk's games have that actually. There are the cloud mechanic exists in, in every single Bonk game where if you touch a cloud, you bounce off it automatically. But it almost feels like the beginning of uh, Super Mario 2 in, in the U.S. version where you're literally falling from the sky all the way down. And none of the other Bonk teams oh, yeah. had that, which is really cool. It was nice to play something different. Like, it's cool that they did that. Yeah, I, I, yeah they even realize that. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um but the boss, but again, like the, I'm, I'm stuck on these elevators. Like the yeah. elevators are just funny on right. Bonk because yes, like totally. it's a, it's a ver, it's a it's a spinal cord as like the razor as the raised lower, and it's literally it's your it's your hip hip bones as the <laughs> as the yeah. carriage. Yes. It's just like oh what like it's so ridiculous, but it makes sense at the same time. You know, like the vertebrae is a straight up and down, you know, joint of bones. And the hips like look like a, a, a cradle, so you know, you, you you sit in it. But uh, but with Bonk's Revenge, like you 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 talked about um, uh, Air Bonk or Zonk or what was the hip hip one that <laughs> yeah, was supposed Air to Zonk, be yeah. Air Zonk, which you know like we have Darth Vader right. in the game, right? And we have a lot of like these we have a lot of um, bosses that are. They look like they're mm-hmm. from the future or some sort of sci-fi mm-hmm. themed. Like um, Bull Boy and Hydra almost are basically robots. Right. Um, the va- vampire hunter, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, like he looks like he's something from the future. Darth Vader, you know, Star Wars. Alien Three, you know, or Alien from Alien Three, mm-hmm. like sci-fi. Um, the the teleportation platforms, like a lot of this is just like the hip cool stuff of the 90s like we all love star wars alien series robots you know everything that was to that and it felt like revenge catered a lot like try to pull that in a lot while still trying to keep the original you know love of bonk itself with with dinosaur land 
It uh, it definitely seems yes, like they were trying to meld uh, a fair amount of things. If you get into a Super Bonk, and that was on Super Nintendo, the transformations get even more weird and wild. And it, it, it kind of makes me wonder sometimes what the developers might have been on when they were creating some of these <laughs> games, because you can start to see it in this game where like you you fight Robo Bonk, Robo Bonk, you know, and and you you've got these things that you change into that are just they're funny they're they're, they're they're wacky so it's kind of fun but it doesn't doesn't always seem like it's connecting or staying in the same world that that bonk originally yeah. established yeah um so yeah after the boss rush we have the king drool uh three-part fight where um in phase one he basically just falls down and shoots a bullet at you and it's the slowest moving bullet in the world <laughs> Um, and you this time though you hit him in the yes, crown. They finally understood where you. <laughs> they had to put a hitbox. Such BS. It threw is such me BS. off. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it threw me off so much because I played Bonk's Revenge immediately after playing Bonk's mm, Adventure. Like I did too. the two games back to back for Game Boy Adventure. There you go. And when I got to drool at Bonk's Revenge. I headbutted him right in the nose and took damage. And I was like, excuse me, video game? Then I hit him in the crown and did damage. I'm like, excuse me, video game? This doesn't make sense at all. Okay. So in this time around, you hit him in the crown instead of the bridge of the nose. So that was a nice little surprise there. So, because of the hitboxes, I actually game over a couple of times on Drool. And, by the way, that sucks when you do that. Because you have to go back to the very yes. beginning of the stage, do the whole boss rush and everything. But yep. I kept thinking that I was missing his nose. <laughs> like you would in all the other games that you play in this damn series. So, oh, I was so frustrated. It took me forever to figure out I had to crown him up. And uh, I, I'm not sure why they... I mean, great. You did something that you, like, you were supposed to do in the first place. But it's it's if you've played all the other games, it's super challenging. <laughs> Yeah, it's very. It was very frustrating. I was, I was, I was more mad at the developers yeah, than I was totally. at the game. Oh, me too, dude. Right there with you, man. Um. So phase one, like he just falls down and shoots a gun that shoots one bullet, so it's a pistol. Yeah, yeah. Um. And you basically just jump over it and headbutt him into the crown. And then once you've done so many hits, he he says, "I shall be back, or I will be back." In a, in a comic bubble. Yes. And Arnold then, style. And then phase two happens where he tries to karate chop you. And then you just bounce on his crown again. And he's like, I'll be back. <laughs> and then phase three happens where he kind of does like the K rule bounce yeah. from Donkey Kong. Like he kind of does mm -hmm. the, the bounce across the screen, which you could easily just juggle on top of his crown the entire time because he moves so slow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and once you finish that, he's like, I'll be back as he's flying off of the earth um, back into space. And then magically the bottom half of the world like moves <laughs> up and like welds itself back to the upper hemisphere of the earth. And that and it's the, that's the game. Like it just magically like magnetizes itself back up and just melds itself into one whole planet again because that's definitely how yes. it works in real life. <laughs> 
It, so it's so it's I'm glad to hear it from your perspective because so if you play through Bonk's Adventure, the original one on TurboGrafx 16, it actually there is a little bit of backstory about why Drool has separated Moonland and it's in the instruction manual, so it's part of like the lore and stuff like that. But that's the only place it's mentioned. If you've never even you know if you haven't read through the instruction manual of the original TurboGrafx 16 game, you would have no idea. It makes absolutely no sense. So. <laughs> yeah, I I had no idea. I was like when I started Revenge, I just assumed I was on Earth. <laughs> like I just assumed I left Moonland and came mm-hmm. back to came mm-hmm. back to Dinosaur Land, and then, but <laughs> plot twist, I was still on Moonland, <laughs> <laughs> and Drool went back to Dinosaur Land and split the Earth in half. It's like right. oh, okay, I guess I'll just hop down real quick to Earth and help out. Yeah, uh, you know that makes perfect sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. <sighs> I I will say though, like out of the two bomb games, I prefer Revenge over Adventure. Oh yeah. Um, simply because of just the sheer ridiculousness of Revenge. It's a good game, don't get me wrong, but just the sheer ridiculousness of the actual game and stages and how they just like try and blend sci-fi with. <laughs> dinosaurs and cavemen is is just comical to me and uh i i i like the controls actually more in revenge than i do in in uh in adventure as well too so i i couldn't agree with you more and it there are times where i felt like the control was just as good as it is on like super mario land 2 like i just played through that a couple of months ago and uh it's been, it's been a while since i played through it and it th- there are some things that reminisce that remind me of some of the things you can do in that game but also that the the the, the way you control bonk is 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 really nice and fluid it's, i i thought this was definitely a uh, an upgrade or at least just i enjoyed the playthrough of this one way more than i enjoyed the playthrough of adventure it was definitely an overall improvement yeah. in my opinion uh definitely like they they have their catered audiences right like right. bonk's adventure is those you i'm you can speak up for this too, like the older, like the original Bonks mm-hmm. players for the TG-16. Right. And yes. then the Bonks Revenge is more catered towards that transitional demographic of from the old to the new. Right. Um, but uh, it's, it's it, I think they what they learned from Adventure was like, hey, like things are a little floaty, you know, things are a little loose, sometimes inputs get dropped lag this that whatever we're going into bonk's revenge it's like hey we can fix some of this like let's tune this up a little bit let's make it you know let's learn from our mistakes Mm -hmm. and tune this in my 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 probably biggest complaint with bonk's revenge is um just the simplicity and the easiness of the actual bosses like i i felt like with Bonk's Adventure, although the bosses were fairly easy and the unfairness was the hitbox issue, they posed a bit of a different, you know, complexity to them. Like, all the ice skating dinosaurs are going to spin in the air once in a while, and as the fight goes on, like, the pattern's going to change a little bit. The sand shark can be up or high, and you have to kind of figure out how to attack based off of that. In this game, the patterns were so stagnant mm-hmm. and static that it just it was it just felt easier than it honestly should have at least for a game of this caliber one of my complaints was going to be the lack of um, like extra heart pieces and health refills and things like that but little did i know that i could have just transformed into one of the characters and gone in the deep. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So I don't know if that's a fair complaint. Oh, yeah. But also, I would also say that the uh, the mini game kind of sucked yeah. in this one as well. It's, a, it's the same thing over and yeah, over. Yeah, Mecha Bomp was hard. Yeah. And the fact that it was two out of three made it even oh, worse. Yeah. Like, if it was, like, one-to-one, like, if you fail, you lose. If you win, you win, and you move on, I'd, be, I'd right. probably be more okay with mm-hmm. it. But the fact that it's two out of three falls, it's like, oh, this is... So, like, I purposely failed some of them just to get <laughs> yeah. out of there. Yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't really know which one is my favorite. Um, I, the controls in Revenge are definitely the better ones. Um, so it, it's easier or more comfortable to, to play Bong's Revenge. But I do like the stage design of Adventure a lot more. Um I like this game to be a little bit more linear, um, especially because I think because there weren't really teams in this one for each stage that they all felt like kind of the same-ish and I didn't feel the need to explore because I just wanted to get through them as fast uh, as possible. Um, But yeah, the boss fights in Revenge are easier, which is better, but they're also more boring, so that is not better. So... Both of the games have something that I really like about them for me, but they also have something that I absolutely do not want to see in the game. So I can't really pick a favorite, but I'm leaning towards adventure actually more. I know. I mean, it's still a solid game. Like I, 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 I like adventure. Um, I, it, it took me a bit to appreciate the Bonk series because I, I didn't grow up with Bonk mm-hmm. at all. Like I didn't start playing Bonk until I was in my twenties and thirties. Um, and the first Bonk game I played was Adventure and Revenge for the Game Boy. And then uh, I, I when I first played, them, like I didn't like them. I was like, I'm like these games suck. Like I don't understand <laughs> like why people would like these. <laughs> then I went and played the Turbo Graphics 16. And the NES version before the podcast, or you know, before this podcast, and the NES version sucks. I don't like <laughs> that one either. Uh-huh. But playing the TG sixteen versions of the game, I'm like, I understand why people like this game because like it, the, it was very clearly meant for the TG sixteen, and playing it on the TurboGrafx sixteen, I'm like, these games are actually a lot of fun and are so ridiculous that it's actually enjoyable to play them even though I'm just getting owned in this mm, game right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never been the best at games. Games take me a while to figure out. It's probably why I enjoy speedrunning because I get a chance to play it over and over and figure out how to play the darn thing. And that's one of the things that Bonk definitely has the characteristics of is that if, if you're not the most experienced in games, these games are approachable. You actually have a chance to beat these games if you like. If you're not if you're not a Dark Souls player, you know you could you could actually come in here and, and platform and and do some of the stuff because it's not the mo- like you're saying it's just pretty simple for the most part. And it's it's a bit unfair I think that for me to ask this question, but I think uh, Mula, I'd kind of be like in your boat where I'd probably lean towards Bonk's Adventure if it wasn't some of the lag mm-hmm. and some of the other issues. Like I wonder what the experience would have been like had they not had some that stuff yeah that's it's the game boy games are sadly laggy um that's one of the things why people are always complaining about them instead of just checking them out and actually enjoying a game it's like oh why is this game so slow well um (laughs) look uh they used very crappy things to make a game boy so deal with it um that the well a lot of times too like like the developers like were on crunched time frame. Oh sure, like, yeah. They had no time to like make these. Like Jason games. like Jason Austin, the 
the developer of Alien 3, had a five-week time Crazy. time window to create a Game Boy game for Alien 3. Like, it... it like we 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 see we we read and hear about some of the conditions that you know the developers go through to get like these AAA titles out like oh they worked 100 plus hours a week you know for however many months and it sucks like i i i wish that they had better treatment and better work environments but also like when you look at back some of these retro games too like some of these people were pumping out games like in in a month or you know two months a few weeks whatever it may be and like that's that, that that's a lot of stress even for a simple game mm-hmm. back then like mm-hmm. it's a lot of stress yeah. to be put on I, I can always give the example of like uh in the Mega Man X series um X6 is probably the most hated out of all of them even by me mm-hmm. um because something feels really yeah it, it just feels bad. really off but the reasoning behind it is um PS1 was getting to the end of its life cycle and Capcom just wanted another Mega Man game just before the end. So what they did was they just asked them, hey, you have three months here, make another Mega Man X game. That's all the time they had to make it. And what they did was they just reused 75% of the assets they had from X5, which already wasn't that great anymore, but I still think it's it's pretty, pretty okay. And you can see that they just didn't have time to to really come up with stage designs because all of the stages in X6 are either a complete maze mess uh, filled with enemies that will kill you <laughs> immediately or they make something like Blaze Heatnik's stage where you just literally fight the same mini-boss seven times in the same stage. You can clearly say they, see that they just didn't have time to actually make a good game. So sometimes when you look at these Game Boy games, they might be a little bit laggy or they might be a little bit way too short or anything like that. But what they sometimes can produce in such a small time frame is actually pretty darn amazing. Yeah, I'd agree, and I think if you know if you're looking for just uh, you know a fun. Uh, casual platforming experience box an easy game to recommend it especially the, the way that you know minus our criticisms aside these are pretty fun and they don't they don't take too much time out of your day you know like you can you can get through no. them even at all skill levels pretty quickly yeah, yeah. I, and like even going off of the game boy stuff like when they started introducing the super game boy enhancements like where they could start utilizing the chips from the super nintendo into the game boy like that just added a lot more complexity to you know the coding mm-hmm. aspect of the games as well too because now they have to have this border around the game you know inject color into the game of some sort but still try and you know maintain the monochromeness of the game because like there's still a limited amount that you can do yeah. with a Game Boy cartridge a Super Game Boy cartridge and the Super Nintendo um, and a long while like some of the times like depending on the game. The border around the the border around the game changes depending on what screen you're on or what stage you're on, and that actually causes a decent amount of lag, you know, in the game. It causes load of, uh, longer load times in between stages or wherever it may be. So, like, there's just a lot going on sometimes with Game Boy. That was our first tangent. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they usually show up way earlier in the episodes <laughs> but yeah, there we go but yeah like if yeah if people have to take one thing away from this is definitely check out both of these games because um they are 
unique uh, to begin with because Bonk is a unique series, but they're actually really good games for Game Boy, um, no matter how you look at them. And they're also completely original, so if you've already have, uh, played some of the Bongs games and you think, oh, this is just going to be another version, no, these are completely different games, so they give you something new to experience in the series, so um, that's something to, to definitely take with you. And if you have been playing these games and you have never played the Turbo Graphics uh, versions of them and you're like, well, I can't yeah. get it. Turbo graphics or a core graphics or uh, a PC engine, those things cost way too much. Well, I have good news for you because this month the uh, Mini will come out, which has uh, both of them, I think, on it. It does. Uh, the it first does. two. Yep, well, the first two. I think it's all three. All actually. three even. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, if, if these Game Boy games spark your interest in the, in the Bonk series, um, go grab yourself uh, one of the... the uh, minis, and then you can actually enjoy those as well. So that's uh, that's a nice thing to have for sure. Well, by the time this comes out, it's probably April or something. Yeah. But uh, so it would have been out already. So you can go out now and buy one. Well, no, first listen to this episode completely, and then go, out go. And yeah. buy one. or do do the Both. same at the same listen time. Listen to the podcast episode while driving to go buy one. Yeah, there you go. Just be safe. And if I can't. Just to add one more word in there, like I was actually hesitant to play the Game Boy versions um, because of, I got to be honest, the NES version. <laughs> I thought the NES version was such an unfun port <laughs> of the game. So I'm like, God, I, Game Boy's got to be worse. It's not capable, blah, blah, blah. And I was pleasantly surpri- surprised with both of these games. And yeah, okay, I'm I, I'm a little different because I enjoyed the Bonk game. So you got to preface this whole thing with that. But I will say that the these are, both of them are by far way better than the NES versions. They're just really fun to play through. Yeah. And then, uh, so just a quick cover art section here. Uh, they all look the yeah. same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, do. how we talked about a Bonk's Adventure looked very different between all three. How The Hudson Soft logo is still different on all three box arts. <laughs> um, yeah. Absolutely. But, Bonk is styled the same. Bonk is in its cartoon form that we described for the Japanese and European mm-hmm. uh, cover and adventure. That is also true of the American cover. Uh, the American and European cover are basically the same. Uh, the only difference really is the um, title. One's Bonk's Revenge, the other is BC Kid 2, and the mm-hmm. 2 is gigantic. But it doesn't do the stone you know, the the realistic stone texture. It does the yellow text with the black dots to mimic a cartoon stone texture. And in the background, it has scenes from the actual game itself and Bonk punching through the background and uh, exposing, you know, some paper-esque, paper bag, it looks like, even, mm-hmm. uh, texture. The Japanese version is essentially the same. The two is red in a more basic font. However... The background still, still scenes from the game are different scenes than the American and European scenes. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the Japanese one, they just used the uh, well, I wouldn't say monochrome ones, but like the not colored uh, yeah. versions at least. And for the for the um, European and American covers, they clearly used the Super Game Boy Enhanced yes. uh, visuals. Um, right. Weirdly enough, like this is 
at least I think so, is kind of weird for a cover to use screenshots of the game on yeah. the front of the cover. Um, something I've never seen before, actually, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, but they do... <laughs> I mean, the Japanese one came out first, and like in the previous one, they used real-life articles as a background. <laughs> so now they were like, oh, what, what will we do now? So they just used the, the <laughs> screenshots from the game. I don't know how they come up with these uh, backgrounds, but... It's uh, yeah, it's interesting to say the least. I I like that they uh, they they also put the Super Game yes. Boy stuff on there, so you know that there's some enhancements going in. Yeah, I uh, I personally prefer the Japanese cover out of the three of them, just because of the colorization of it. I don't like mm. yeah. I don't like deep dark colors like what the American and European box art brought, but I I like the very light and almost pastel-y, saturated colors that the that the Japanese box art brought to this. It, it, it makes things stand out more. Because when they're with the darker mm. colors and with Bomb's Revenge and BC Kid 2 where they are, like I get that the boxes for us are more square than rectangle, but the yeah. title covers up a lot of what is to be desired. And the coloring is, is really dark and almost a little too colorized where everything kind of starts to blend together a little bit um, because everything has such harsh outlines literally everywhere throughout the actual cover uh, versus the Japanese box art where things are a bit more saturated and with the screenshots not utilizing the Super Game Boy screenshots it's actually more utilizing that monochrome saturated look of, mm -hmm. a, of a Game Boy that you'd play on a Super Game Boy uh, Bonk actually stands out a lot more you know, in the foreground compared to the other two so it's a it's kind of an interesting choice that they chose uh this character art for the u.s version so in bonk's adventure on turbo graphics 16 the game is identical to the pc engine version the american and japanese version are identical minus the the points because it's their changing languages but in bonk's revenge on the pc engine and turbo graphics 16 it's actually they actually changed the entire character sprite for some of its powered up animations mm -hmm. and the 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 box art reflected that which i thought was really interesting so we got a different looking bonk here in the states than japan did and so it's interesting that they used the japan version for the 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 u.s version of the box art because that's not something we had really seen up to this point um and i think that's kind of cool they included but it's, it's interesting to note that it's we got a we got the japan version out here which is kind of interesting so yeah uh, trivia. Lat Mackie already covers all of our trivia. <laughs> yeah. We're good with that now. Uh, general reception. Um, I couldn't. I actually couldn't find a ton about this, but I would assume it had probably a very similar reception to that of Adventure, at least in Japan. Uh, I couldn't tell you yeah. how well it fared in the Western uh, uh, demographic because 1994 we got we started getting. Zelda, Super Nintendo stuff, right? So, like, yeah. in the Western Hemisphere, like, we were... In the Western demographic, rather, we were all about... We were more into that in 1994 than we were probably bonk at this point. So, because um, in 94, we started getting... What, we had Super Mario World out. We had, I, I think, A Link to the Past, maybe? Hard to say. Like I, I don't know release dates of Super yeah. Nintendo games. Like got on the yeah, top a of link my to head. the past was out oh. in 1991. So 
94 yeah. was what probably almost semi towards the end of the Super Nintendo life cycle even. Yeah. I I'm going to guess that the sales of Bonk's Adventure at least here in the states was uh, uh much better than the Revenge just based on the price on trying to find them nowadays. Mm, the, yeah. The Revenge cart goes for almost it goes for twice as much as the Adventure. Yeah, a lot of that too might be because of the cover art because Bonk's Adventure did look, you oh, know, you more go. Americanized than hmm. you know bombs right, revenge right. it bombs revenge looked more cartoony and more childish mm-hmm. than adventure did and I, I know like me growing up because we didn't have you know we didn't have the internet growing up um we 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 as in the three of us relied on magazines and word of mouth and a lot of times we bought a game based off of how cool the cover looked you know, it's like, oh, this thing is sweet. Like this Rambo there shooting guns and da da, you know, and this and that, whatever. <laughs> and then we look at Bonk's Revenge, and it's this cartoon, childish looking game. It's like, well, I'm a, I'm a ten year old kid. You know, I don't want no no child game. I'm a grown 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 child. I want violence and <laughs> and blood and death. You know, so there's a chance that we just like looked at it like, yeah, no, we're gonna go get something else. <laughs> <laughs> So true. It's always tough to put yourself back in, you know, eight-year-old, ten-year-old mind going to Toys R Us or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It really is because it's like nowadays I'm just like, I don't care what the cover looks like. Like, I don't even care what the graphics look like as long as it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, with that, uh, we're going to take another short break here. Uh, We've already given you all thoughts and our history with the game, but uh, we'll have Flat maybe talk a bit more of the speedrunning side of it and uh a bit more a bit uh into uh his endeavors of bonk so stay tuned everybody so yeah like i said we're gonna just mo and i kind of gave you your thoughts and history and sort of lat mackey throughout the uh, episode already depending on which game we touched on but uh like normal yeah. like we don't focus heavily on speed running in this podcast but we do have lat mackey who is an expert at bonk you know runs all all sorts <laughs> of different versions of it um so just kind of just focusing on game boy like with the speed running um like, what's the barrier to entry for speedrunning this game? Like, if if I were brand new to speedrunning, like, how long would it take me to get into a quote-unquote competitive time? Or if I was experienced in plat- platformers, like, how easy is it for me to go from, you know, Super Mario Land to Bonk's Adventure? So this is actually a pretty easy game to recommend if you were going to try speedrunning. Maybe... For- first maybe this is like one of your first few games you've ever tried to speedrun and the reason i say that is because there's no game breaking glitches or clips or any of that kind of stuff that you have to learn where it's oh i need to be on a specific pixel or a specific frame anything like that it's pure execution there are a couple of things that you do need to know like we talked about in box adventure jumping over the bridge and just remembering <laughs> to jump <laughs> over the bridge so you could do 
<laughs> a skip in the game. But it, it, that's one of the kind of the interesting things as far as the speed run goes of this is that the uh, the only barrier to entry is how much time you want to put into it. Um, it's the, the way you're going to get better at this game is if you put in the reps and the time. And, um, you know, thankfully we have access to some different ways to do save states and things like that. So you could practice. The boss fights are really where you're going to want to spend the most time. It's where I spent the most time when I was learning it. And I only say that once, be really because of learning what the timing and how you're going to be approaching the bosses with those ridiculous hitboxes. The platforming itself is pretty straightforward. Um, the routing isn't quite, isn't very, isn't varied very much. Um, there's a couple of runners take slightly different path variations, uh, more so in Revenge than in Adventure. But uh, the the actual uh, time really comes down to how you're going to perform against the bosses. So you want to spend the most time uh, practicing that and trying to get the best times you can through the bosses. Yeah, I remember when uh, Bangera <coughs> started doing <laughs> Game Boy Monthly. Um, well, I don't know it, if this was the first game or that I picked second. it because the I won the first game. The first was, uh, was, was uh, Windy Every second Which game. Way. And. That game was a lot of fun. Right, but... yeah. So so I had to... Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had to pick a game, and I was just looking for... Back then on, on speedrun.com with the Game Boy games, there wasn't, weren't that many on the list. And I saw this game, and I was like, oh, this looks uh, fun and interesting. It's only like a 20-minute run or, or something back then. Um, so let's try that one. And everybody <laughs> hated this. <laughs> like, really, really hated this. And I think it's mostly because of uh, the hitboxes on the bosses that were the problem. Yeah. Because the, the actual stages... As far as I remembered it, I only uh, speedrun it back then. Like, the actual stages are pretty easy uh, to learn for sure, but it's just that hitbox that, that just yeah. can totally screw you over if you don't learn how to uh, how to manage it. If, uh, if you don't have access to save states, one of the nice things that the Game Boy games offer that the PC Engine and Turbo Graphics games do not is a stage select code, so you can actually mm -hmm. practice individual stages. It's one of those little quality of life things if you do decide to go down the uh, the speed running hole, there was you know type yeah, of thing. So, so that's kind of nice that you have the, access. to The that. transition from adventure to revenge we we talked about is is a different because of the controls and whatnot. Um, when people like marathon games, like when I when I do Dreamland, like every once in a while I'll do like a Dreamland trilogy run, where I go from KDL one, two to three, and it's a hard transition between the three games because they're all all three of them are super different and all three of them control super different. Um, mm -hmm. Is that typically a, a barrier for some people? Like not a barrier, but just a like problem for some people as well too. It's like. Even though the controls are still semi the same, but they are different enough to notice them. Like if you were to do a back to back, like a marathon run of the Bonk series for Game Boy, like transitioning into Bonk's Revenge, would that cause any type of like, oh, I messed up for like the first minute of the game because the controls are a little bit different than Adventure? It definitely can, and it's it's not if you're prepared for it, you can overcome it. But and I would also say that it's it's nice that revenge and adventure are kind of forgiving in the platforming, so it's not it won't destroy you on time wise. But it definitely can affect you. I have a good example of this. If uh, you know, uh, great John right now is the world record holder in Bonks uh, one, two, and three uh, on 
PC Engine Turbo F16. We were racing it at AGDQ, and I had been spending some more time with Revenge than he had. So when we got, I, he blew me away in the adventure. And when we got to Revenge, I was destroying him just because he he had to take that first, you know, stage and a half, two stages to get comfortable with the controls again. And even then, you're not completely remembering how it works. So like when you get to the end stage, you might it, it could really screw you up because some of the bosses take some really specific timing. It's the same thing in this game as well. So it's a uh, if, if you practice for it, but it is on the flip side of it. These games are so short. Yeah. It's actually a really great marathon type of thing to do. Like, you know, you can get the speedrun gets down to under 20 minutes for both these games. So you can, you know, you can, you can get yeah, in a couple of Because I mean, there's, there's a few uh, series a I, I, I've marathoned. I've done, I've done the KDL trilogy, like most KDL or most Dreamland runners have done. But I, I've done, I've done the Shinchan marathon where I've done all five Shinchan games on Game Boy in a marathon setting in a marathon. Um, where, but the games are <laughs> cool. are very different in that as well too. Because you go from Shin One to Shin Two, like conceptually they're the same game, but the control wise, like Shin One is floatier than Shin Two. Then you go to Shin Shin Three, which is a mini game game, and then you go from Shin Three to Shin Four, which is an actual full on platformer with power ups, and then you go from Shin Four to Shin Five, which is another mini game oh, wow. game. Um, it, it takes. It takes a lot to like transition with that because like there's the various different genres in that. So uh, I'm I'm I, I've always applaud people that like take a series and like just do like a marathon run of it. Like whether if it's Bonk doing all three runs in a row for the TurboGrafx 16 or doing like Castlevania one through three tr- trilogy runs or things like that because like it takes a certain mindset and skill set to be able to adapt and transition so quickly between the games. So. And I would say for, you know, for Bonk on Game Boy, thankfully, it's not crazy different between them. They, they, they have different mechanics that you get to experience throughout the playthrough of the game that I thankfully I would think it'd be pretty easy to move between one or the other uh, without having to <laughs> completely destroy the beginning of your, you know, look, Box Revenge look, game. Looking at your playthrough oh or whatever. Yeah. Like, we put. Okay, uh, yeah, we we put uh, Bonk in the previous Tiny Ten, right? Yes. Yeah, in Tiny Ten Ten, we we put uh, Bonk's adventure in, and I was afraid of doing that because like the history we had with it with the Game Boy Monthly thing, but uh, people actually really enjoyed once, that game. Once they I, sucked I was it up, so and actually really glad to the hear game. that. Yeah. 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 I, I was one of those people. I was definitely hesitant about it just because of some of the previous experiences. But once you get into it, it's like I said, it's it's enjoyable. It's super play, play playable. And then, you know, as you're speedrunning the game, as much as the uh, the, the hitboxes suck, they actually yeah. become kind of, oh, man, this is a challenge that I have to overcome. So it's a good it's a good, uh, yeah. you know, thing to, to look at that speedrun.com right now, too. Just looking at the leaderboards. I'm looking at Bonk's Revenge Game Boy leaderboard right now. There's only one run on it. So. Mig JMZ with a nineteen forty one one year ago. The more impressive leaderboard is Bonk's Adventure for the Game Boy. The world record holder is Jorf, and that record is four yeah, years right. four years old. Amazing. Second run. place is ten years <laughs> old. Third place you gotta is watch three okay. years old. Like these are old runs that are really hard to touch. <laughs> The uh, the Jor front you got to I actually questioned it because I thought it was Tass. It looked so good mm-hmm. to me that I was like, 
I've never really seen a run that good, except for maybe some of the Mario One stuff. And I was like, "What? What, what is this?" And then I met Jorf, and we <laughs> became friends. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, you're really that good at this game." He had yeah, such yeah, a good run at it and everything. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's 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 a fun one to watch. It's yeah, short, it's, and he it's just, just it's like I just look at the leaderboard. Like all these runs are pretty old. The most recent is Smart Alec from one month ago, uh, and Gygus three months ago. But a lot these runs are really old. Just looking at them, like Mo's on there even. Three years mm-hmm. ago, yeah, oh, that, that was that was the run. Yeah, I never from the Game Boy Monthly. Bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the was reasons bad, I but... picked up the, what one of the reasons I picked up this game too was because I'm like, oh, dude, I, that, that's like a free medal. I got to be able to get top three on this game, and and then I started playing. I'm like, oh, these damn bosses. I, this is gonna be the death of me. <laughs> so I was like, I was like yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm like that right now. I, uh, so like, I'm learning Metal Gear NES right now. And that record is like six years mm-hmm. old. And I'm like, I'm going to take down this record. And like watching the person's run and then oh, like wow. trying to mimic. I'm like, oh, this is hard. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, wow, this guy is super good <laughs> at Metal Gear. <laughs> so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see someone take down Jorf, though. Like, that's a, that's that's one of the oldest oh, Game Boy I records. I don't that, see it I, happening soon, at least. So, yeah. Absolutely. I I would imagine that something game-breaking would have to be discovered because, <laughs> first of all, he didn't grind the game for very long, which pisses me off. <laughs> but uh, he, but he, he it's so well executed. And that, as I mentioned, that's really what it's going to take to speed on this game is the execution. So I, I would imagine... You never say never, of course not. But something I think we'd have to discover right. something to... We were like, unless we were like that with KDL. This, you know, well, because we got yeah. to the point with, if, with Dreamland 1 where we're just like... Okay, 11, 1 X, uh, yeah. like high eleven one X is going to be the limit, like a one set, like a like an eleven seventeen or eleven eighteen. Like there's no way human possible anyone can get below that. And then Speedman found an RNG manipulation for the entire game from pressing from the time you press yeah. start to the end of the game, and he has a sub eleven time, and it's like whoa. All right, <laughs> like you literally yep. just destroyed my sum of bests with your run. So, <laughs> yeah, one thing. Yeah, the nice thing about go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Mo. No, no, you can. You're still talking on top. I, I was just gonna say the the nice thing about actually having a leaderboard is more people playing the game. There are you will you tend to find new stuff, but being that the game, you know, we have it's still not as widespread oh, as. The, Kirby's Dreamland. I mean, you have a really large leaderboard, so you have people playing the game in mul- in all these different ways. You can discover some of the stuff. <laughs> As a moderator, it's unfortunate <laughs> sometimes. Well, that's a good point too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to touch a little bit on on Jorf actually. Um, not only is that run uh, quite impressive, but he has another Game Boy World Record, and he's the only runner. Um, mm-hmm. And it's for the Tekkaman Blade game on uh, Game Boy. I don't know mm-hmm. if, if people know Tekkaman Blade. It's a very old Japanese anime, and it came out as Techno Man in um, in the US. Uh, and it has an amazing Game Boy game. But that game is incredibly hard just to even play. Like, I haven't been able to beat it because it's so hard. And um, 
Jorf is the only person who has ever speedrun this. And it's so impressively technical. You just have to see it. And, and you can't believe that a person is actually doing what he is doing. So he has a thing for like doing very technical yeah. stuff for games that nobody else would even be able to touch. So um, yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Like ju that run, it's 8 minutes and 34 seconds for that entire game. The the best just way to describe the Man Blade for the Game Boy is think of... Strider. Basically, think of Strider on NES with a little bit of Ninja yeah. Gaiden Shadow mixed in there. Um, it's a. Mm -hmm. I I I've I've actually I found this run just randomly because I was just browsing through speedrun.com and I was like, oh, it's a two-year-old record. I'm gonna try it out. I didn't get past stage two. Uh, this game is exceptionally difficult. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I can't get past it either. Well, and it's yeah. only five stages, I believe, or something like that. So yeah. I had never, I've never played the game still, but I'd never heard of it until I watched his run. And he, that's the kind of uh, runner he is. He he has some skills and he has the drive to do it. It's it's, it's a really impressive run, and I don't even know anything about the game. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. Do yourself a favor and yeah. watch the run. It's only 10 minutes or 8 minutes, whatever it is. It's pretty easy. <laughs> Jeez, I'm watching it now. And I'm holding it <laughs> Yeah, it's... Jorf, uh, <laughs> dude, what are you doing? I wish we had more runners Destroy like that it. for Game Boy. That's cool. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be but, very uh, great. Yeah. You guys want to talk about anything else when speedrunning bonk? You have to shave your head whenever you speedrun it too. Yeah, look like bonk. You gotta feel the bonk. <laughs> be the bonk. <laughs> be the bonk. Somebody was asking me. So, uh, we bonk's adventure was at uh, AGDQ this year, and uh, chat was asking me <laughs> if I should dress up for it, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I, who wants to wear that? <laughs> Just no. Oh man, uh, do we have listener questions, Mo? No one ever. We talks do not. In there are no questions at all. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna do a break here. We're just gonna dive right into the outro. So. If that's cool with you guys. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So as always, um, if you guys have any feedback, thoughts, concerns, positives, if you guys want to leave a five-star review on on uh, Apple iTunes podcast stuff so we can start getting ranked, that'd be fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely not trying to sell out that at all. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to give a big thank you to Lat Mackey for joining us on the podcast today. You are our second unique special guest that we've had, so uh, and it's been amazing to have you. I've learned a lot about Bonk, so. <laughs> oh, glad to have some sort of useless knowledge. There. <laughs> No, but on a personal, guys, thanks for inviting me to do this. Um, I have been a longtime listener of the podcast. I wasn't here when you guys started, but it didn't take too many episodes for me to subscribe and really enjoy and give games a try that I would have never thought otherwise. And so I appreciate that. It's kind of cool. One of the things that's nice about the Game Boy library is that there is a lot, for me at least, I had a Game Boy as a kid, and there's still so many unexplored titles that I didn't get a chance to play or even experience. And because of your podcast, I've been able, I've, I've taken some, some, I've tried some things out that I might not have otherwise. And so I really appreciate what you guys do. I, I listen, uh, I, I get a little bit behind sometimes. So I'll have to binge watch, uh, binge listen to a couple episodes, which is great. <laughs> I don't have a commute anymore for my day job, so that's usually when I listen to podcasts. But uh, I, I really uh, thanks for having Thank me, you, and man. I really Appreciate do. Uh, I, lo I love the podcast. Um, Keep doing it. it's great. So yeah, we're got 
yeah it's super nice to hear very nice to hear yeah especially hearing that that's like this definitely inspires you to uh check out some of these games because oh, yeah. that's literally why we started doing this podcast because there's so many game boy games out there that nobody has ever heard of and um and people always go to the yeah. normal things like the mario lands or, or something like that um right. so it's great that we can um Provide some entertainment while also going in depth about a like game that's, that nobody has ever heard of before. <laughs> yeah, like true. <laughs> but I mean, like that was that was the big thing with us. Oh, like when God. we started this podcast, we we both were like, we're not, we shouldn't do a podcast and cover games like Zelda or Pokemon, you know, unless like there's like a side caveat thing, like when Link's Awakening got remade yep. or. When uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee Pikachu came out, like the right. remake of Golden or Gold, uh, mm. Red and Blue Yellow, uh, we're just like, we're not, we shouldn't do those games unless, you know, maybe it's a light or if we get, you know, an interview or something for it. Like, there's so many, like, obscure Game Boy games and obscure components to the Game Boy that no one knows about or the very, very small percentage of the retro community or retro gaming community or speedrunning community even know about. It's like, let's expose some of this and tell people like, hey, like not, it's the, the unknown isn't all bad. Like there is some good out there <laughs> as well. Um, so like, even though like we do critique <laughs> games as well too, like we give the pros and the cons and basically let people, you know, decide on their own. Like, hey, is this a game I kind of want to check out? Uh, sometimes we'll flat out tell you, "Hey, this game sucks. Don't don't even play it." But uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but maybe it's, it is a game for you, and we just didn't like it. You know, that's just how how opinions work. But well, needless to say, it's always I always like like you know learning about new stuff, and you guys obviously do your research. So you know, it's if you have any sort of affinity for retro games in general i think uh i think that's probably why i enjoyed the podcast in the first place because i wouldn't say i was a diehard game boy person uh, and i still don't think i am but i really enjoy listening <laughs> to you guys uh with Especially your episodes I'm like oh that sounds episode. super interesting oh, that's a good so. one too <laughs> but uh <laughs> that was a fun episode that, that was one of our fun ones um <laughs> so uh yeah we're gonna plug off here so lat mackie where can they find you and what uh, what projects do you have store coming down the pipe huh. <laughs> uh you can find me at twitch.tv slash lat i'm also lat on twitter so if you want to hang out there as well it's probably my more active i'm, I'm i try to I, I don't i'm not a big social media person but i've tried to be a little bit more <laughs> active on social media if i can because there's there actually is as literally as as there's a lot there's a lot, lot of trash, trash on twitter. twitter you actually can find some interesting <laughs> conversations about games mm-hmm. and stuff like that there's a lot of trash i would say the majority is trash but occasionally you get some really interesting conversations going on about retro games and stuff like that but uh as far as my channel goes um i i stream late at night on in california <laughs> so uh if you're if you're awake at 10 p.m uh, uh west coast time you have a chance of finding me online I've, unfortunately i stream at some weird times just because i have a day job and all that kind of stuff um but i love streaming i'm working on rondo of blood right now as i mentioned um what's coming up i don't even remember there's there's some other games um i've been doing game requests and oh you probably oh because of retrothon yep. coming up so retrothon's coming up at the end of the month uh, end of april i'm sorry and i'll be running uh let's see uh alice in wonder dream 
Legend of Hirotoma and Airzonk. Uh, it'll be the first time that I'm oh, aware wow. of that Airzonk has been played at a marathon. I don't. It might be a bold claim, but it might be the first time, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, it's. I, I. I did have the world record for a little while, but it's since been uh, beat by a couple different runners a couple different times, and I've we've gone back and forth with world records. But it actually, as much as uh, the Airzonk game, it's a shmup, and it's kind of. Uh, it can be kind of auto scrollery. Once again, there's interesting stuff that happens in the bosses and stuff like that. So it's a really fun and colorful game. Should be fun. And I'll awesome. be playing a lot yeah, of that I, leading up into Retrothon. I'll be do, I'll I be do doing them shmups. I'll be doing <laughs> just like Enemy <laughs> at Retrothon. That's one of my submissions, and I think that's the first time Kid Nicky Game Boy nice. has been in a marathon. And I'm doing. Ooh. I don't. I'd have to I'm double not check. So sure about that. I kind of think that Infinite Mystery have might have played it, it in one of the GDQs. It's a, it's a pretty unknown Game Boy yeah. game. And then Who Framed Roger Rabbit Game Boy is another mm-hmm. one that's either been or hasn't been in a marathon either. And then we got Dreamland, which has never been in a marathon ever. <laughs> in every marathon ever. Ever. But, uh, Mo, where can they find yeah. you? Um, they can find me on the Twitch, on the YouTube, and on the Twitter, all uh, slash Mule, which is spelled M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. Um, that's that's Beautiful. all I have. Nothing uh, else. You can find me uh, on Twitch and Twitter at Belthic Gaming. YouTube, there's a link somewhere. It doesn't have a thing on it because I don't have enough subscribers. Um, stay tuned for Retro Made in April. Uh, 2020 is our first episode to come out for that. Um... And then you can find our wonderful producer, Sprinty Legs, uh, on Twitch at Sprinty Legs, YouTube at Legs, Discord is Legs, and you can also check out her projects on her website at SprintyLegs.com. You can also find all this information on GBRunners.com slash TIGB. Uh, we do have a Patreon, which if you do enjoy the content that we produce here, um please do like there's some rewards where you can see notes and have special privileges and discord and things of a sort. And at $20 a month, we're going to be doing live streams of the episodes. Um, so I have, we have to look pretty and I have to take a shower then. Um, not super, mm-hmm. not super excited. I about have to that, buy clothes. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we also have a PayPal. So if you're not <laughs> into that subscription servicey type thing, but you still want to, you know, support the podcast monetarily somehow. Um, we do have a PayPal as well, too. Those two links are also on the GB Runners website. If you do donate via PayPal, please let Mo, myself, or Legs know. Uh, we have a role set up for that in Discord. I want to give you praise some way or another for being um, gracious to us. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of live podcasts, if you want to hear more uh, Lat Mackey on his own or with uh, with a guest, um, he actually has his own podcast, uh, which he streams and records live on uh, on his Twitch channel. Uh, but I think you can find all the episodes on your YouTube, right? That is correct. They, I forgot about yeah. that. Thank you. So it's it's <laughs> called <laughs> it's called Sequence Break. I believe there's another podcast out right now that's also called Sequence Break. So maybe it's it's a little confusing, but it's just look for Lat Mackie and and his Sequence Break podcast, and you can uh, watch the episodes live on. Well, not live anymore, but uh, <laughs> the live recordings at least on on YouTube. So 
That is true. They are all yeah. there. Thank you. <laughs> my YouTube is, by the way, my real name. So it's Matthew Lackey. If you go YouTube slash you Matthew Lackey, you'll get me. There you go. Yeah. And it's, it's mostly about speed running, but also a little bit more on yep. the technical side of, uh, of things. Um, like uh, you did an episode on uh, modding Ooh. consoles and things like that. So, um, yeah. And randomizers. And so we, we got devs on. And so it's, it's, it's not just speedrunners. It's, uh, it's, it's, I, I geek out on some of that, the, the technical stuff. So you'll, you'll find some technicality there. So, uh, yeah, the next time you'll hear from Mo and I again, uh, I say it was the right time to chase these dreams away. Stay tuned for Top Gun Guts and Glory for the Game Boy. Don't, Don't you know, you know. Bonk, it bonk it up? You've got, You've got to, bonk to bonk it up. up. Don't you know, bonk it up. You've got to bonk it up.